Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Saturday morning, 9 o'clock West Coast time. I am on the West Coast right now. And uh, my name's Douglas Joseph, and this is going to be the first in a series of episodes that I'm where I'm going to be discussing income tax and primarily personal income tax and how how this whole system works because it, it is voluntary but they just don't they don't teach us the the, the nature of of the income tax the voluntary nature of it so I want to welcome everyone as you um, as you log in. I've got everyone unmuted, so I think it's best to leave it unmuted. That way, you know, people can can speak up. But um, if it gets a little too loud on the other end, I may mute mute you. So, but right now everyone is unmuted. Can everyone hear me? All right. Yeah, I can hear perfect. you, Douglas. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I'm not talking to dead space. Okay, so um, yeah, and I I am in chat, so I can I can see it on my computer screen. So the 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 question that I get asked the most is how when it, how this all factors in. Um, especially when it comes to banking, um, income tax is kind of ingrained in, into our our lives as as a necessary thing, like it's a necessary evil, and um, it's necessary to understand, but it's it's not necessary to to pay. So the the way they've set up the system, um, they've hidden very well the way that um, I have found that we're supposed to be operating. When when we operate properly, using that name properly, and, and using it instead of misusing it, it actually works to our favor. Everything works to our favor. This is they had to set it up in a way where we're basically doing things to ourselves. They're not doing it to us. We're asking them to do these things, to implement um, regulations and control things. And of course, now it's gotten to the point where it's ridiculous. It's everything is is basically it seems like is out of control. So what what's happened is that the system that is actually funded by the taxation is now um, it, 
because they've gotten so big, now imp implementing so much taxation that it's imploding from within. So it can't it can't support itself. It's made everything much. It now can't it, it can't even pay the bills that it has. This is all in their plan. It's designed income tax is designed to keep people under regulation, but also keep them from having too too much in the way of resources. If we have too much time on our hands, there's people like me that are going to figure things out. They don't want that. They, they And they also don't want people to realize that this can be used to their advantage. They want us to think that, that it's us against them, and it really isn't. So government created this system. It's just a game. That name that, that we know is a legal name is a fictional entity. It can be taxed. It can be taxed. Businesses can be taxed, depending on what uh, category they, they fall in. The individual is considered a person in the same category that a corporation, a partnership, um, has a, an association, any of these tax categories, they all have nine-digit tax identifiers assigned to them, all of them. The individual, the corporation, the partnership, the limited liability company, the association, they all have nine-digit numbers. So that nine-digit tax identifier can only be issued to an entity that's recognized as a, an entity in their system of commerce. So how is that recognition achieved? So if you're a corporation, we, we understand that there, you apply for, for that status, for that corporate license, and that gives that company, the, the, it entitles the company to do business. So you can register a corporation in one state and do business in any state, but there's licensing requirements in each state when you're using that corporate license. With the assumed name certificate, it, it puts that individual, that legal name, in the same category from, from a standpoint that it's recognized as a legitimate business. If, if it's not registered with the Secretary of State, then it, it's in, in the business category. See, it's, it's in the registry, the birth registry, as a name that they created. So understanding that that name is not our name. See, we're tricked every time someone says, what's your name? So our first contact usually with, with government is... When, we're, when we go and get a driver's license. And then our first contact with law enforcement is usually when a cop pulls, pulls us over. So when that happens, the first thing the cop asks is, usually is, what's your name? Or ask for an ID so that they can identify that person that they're pulling over. 
So the first and last name is a product. It's manufactured by the state, and the information that it uses is, is obtained by mom and dad. Mom and dad fill out. In fact, I was reading about the birth certificate just yesterday, and they refer to the birth certificate itself as an application. Like it's an application for that fictional character to be created. Like mom and dad are asking for it to be created here. And what it does is, so, so there is an active part that mom and dad have in that. So there is an entry into the registry of the event. So on the same date that, that the live child was born, this product was born that they're calling a live birth. They're calling it the birth of a product. So it's the expulsion of a product. They say expulsion, which is, which is basically just the process of, of it being created. But it sounds like it's coming out, <laughs> like, it's, like it's being forced out. Well, it's, 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 it's being presented to the, the public as a, le as a token that's going to be used in their, their commercial world. So that commercial world, we don't belong in that commercial world. That realm of commerce, as much as we enjoy it and, and want to be a, a part of some of the things, we cannot actually enter into transactions. Only this first and last name can do that. So it's no different than Walmart. Only, only a corporate entity can enter into business and conduct themselves as a corporation. So how do we conduct business as an individual? That's what it boils down to. And there's no instruction booklet for that. There needs to be one, especially when it comes to taxation, because when you read the IRS code, some parts of it are very clear. And what's interesting to note is the parts that are really clear are parts that are for us. The part, when they talk about a sole proprietor and a sole proprietorship, it doesn't get much simpler. When they, you start talking about corporations and then you get into corporate law and what's required, the reporting requirements, it's, it's unbelievable how, how many statutes they've created. So they operate under that corporate umbrella, that corporate realm. That's the majority of commerce is controlled by corporations. We already know that. We can put that individual on the same level as a corporation. The, the, the corporations view themselves as being above and controlling everyone. Well, they're controlling. The only reason that, that we're being controlled is that we don't understand that it's just a game. We're, we're taking it way too serious. So the money we know is fake. It's fake. We know they're printing it. It's just paper with ink on it. So, but we can give value to it. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as in exchange we're getting something of equal value. 
So what's happened there is that, especially when it comes to taxes, it's like, what are we paying for? Where where is the 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 value that that's supposed to be considered when we pay taxes? Do we have control over any of those funds? We we don't. We don't have control over any of that. It, and why is that? Because it's a gift. All taxation is is basically a pun a punishment for us not knowing how to do things on our own. We're asking for them to help us. And in the beginning, it didn't cost a whole lot. Now it costs a fortune. It's, it's ridiculous. It's to the point. See, it's, it, but it doesn't mean anything. All this debt that they're accruing, but what did, I keep hearing this number of like $52 million a day is what NASA spends. $52 million a day. And they say they don't have enough money to feed and house all these homeless people that are sleeping all over the place. It's like, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. You're, you're faking all this stuff about the moon, so it has nothing to do with them not having enough money. We know that. They're using these as tools to keep us at each other because... There's plenty of resources for all of this. So one of the things that we can do to, to rein in some of this, the, the way, the, some of the way the, the things are, are heading is to cut their resources, so, but do it in a, a fashion that's totally legal. This is, I'm gonna, this is not legal advice, and I'm certainly not an attorney. What I understand is the way we're, we, we are not supposed to have to pay taxes unless we know we have a personal tax liability. So let's take a look at what determines whether we think we have a tax, a tax liability. So we, we've been told that, oh, if you have any earnings at all, that are coming, that you're using any money that you're being paid, that's, that's personal income. So that, that means that if you are walking down the road and you're picking up tin cans and you go down to the, the recycling place and turn those in, that's income. And so thus the, the person that's receiving that income would have to count that as, as income. Now, we know that that's not necessarily something that the government could keep track of, but they kind of keep track of the income that's being assigned or being paid to a Social Security number. And they're actually asking for things like Social Security numbers at these recycling places or where you give blood platelets or whatever, if you're donating, you know, things. So you think it's free money, but yeah, they're still keeping track of where that money is going. So it, it appears that that money is going to you and that you're making that money. That's what they say, oh, make money. Take, get a good job and make money. Well, you're not making that money. You're not making money at all. So every time a dollar bill is created, it's 
a dead instrument, it's a note, Federal Reserve note, there's a credit that's created at the same time. There has to be. That keeps the books at zero balance at all times. So in the game, at the end of the day, it's always balanced. Every time they push a button and it creates a mortgage, say a million dollars mortgage is created. Where does that come from? Did they actually print that money? No. It's so it's always zeroed out. So, so do they rely on income taxes? No, they don't. They, they rely on taxes, but they don't rely on, on income taxes for any specific thing. The main purpose of income, because they can just print money. If they need it, what they want to do is keep it from you using it. They don't want you to have the resources. So they have to, the only way the system works is if we're tricked into believing we have a personal tax liability. And we're told, well, wait a minute, income tax is voluntary. Harry Reid, that, that famous interview with that guy Jan Fried, where he's trying to explain how taxes are voluntary. And what's he saying? He's saying, well, you know, the W-2, yeah, you don't have to have money taken out of your check. But at the end of the year, then it, it's going to be a bigger tax payment. And Jan Fried says, well, what if I decide I don't want to voluntarily pay any tax? Oh, well, you have to volunteer. Well, wait a minute, but you just said it's voluntary. Well, the voluntary part of it is you don't have to pay it up front. Well, Harry Reid is, is, is lying. There's nothing in the tax code that talks about any of that. What they talk about is personal income. So we have to define what personal income is. It's any income that's coming to that person, right? That's what they'll tell you. Any income that person has, they're saying, is personal income. Well, okay, so who is that person? If, that, if you believe that person is you and that income is going into a personal bank account of some kind, then guess what? That is personal income because you're, you're saying you're that person and it's going into a personal bank account. If it goes into your pocket, it's going into your person's pocket in, in their definition of who you are. So that money is money that you have to count as income. They want to tax that income. They'll say that's personal income. But is it really personal income? Well, first of all, we already determined you can't make money. They, they make it. You have to earn it, right? You have to go out there and, and, and labor for it. So then they give it to you to use. So now, same thing as the name. They're creating something and giving it to you to use. It really doesn't have much value at all. A first and last name is really, it's an entity. It's, it, a spirit is an entity. What is a spirit? A spirit exists only in, in the sense that we can maybe feel it. We, we certainly can't see it with our with our or naked eye. So the system of commerce is 
a system where when when we see with our mind what really that income is, that income is not, it's coming to that person, but if that person is not us and it's a business, then it's business income. That's the first understanding you have to have. If you think you have personal income, yeah, then you have a personal income tax liability, potentially, depending on what that income is. And that's when people try to hide it or try to create extra write-offs. These are the things that people try to do to trick the system into allowing them to pay less tax. So what I tell people, though, is that if you go that route, you get a really good attorney, tax attorney. So I've already gone that route and paid them a lot of money and, and thought that that's going to keep you from getting in trouble with the IRS in any way, think again. If you make enough money, they will target you. And, and so when I say target you, this was a corporation that I had. So I was operating under that umbrella. They still come after you. They still don't like a lot, they don't like to see the percentage of income to write-offs be. If, you're, if you have some, some government privilege, you prob- they probably don't even look at returns from certain people. Because I certainly wasn't doing anything different than most of these, these other people, but it depends on what kind of business and how much money you're making. If you're making an enormous amount of money, they don't like that. It gives you too many resources. So, so when you become a target and they just decide, hey, I'm going to do something here that you may not like, but you, you know, and you're entitled to appeal it. Well, you go through all those appeal processes, you still lose. Why is that? It's, it, it, it's because they're not telling us the voluntary nature of everything in that system is connected to that legal name. Everything, and that includes taxes, but it also includes driving a car without a driver's license and without registering it. That's all connected to how we're misusing that legal name from the very beginning. They're not giving, giving us an instruction booklet. So rule number one is there is no such thing as personal income in that realm. If, if you if there is personal income, it's going to be taxed. So when you understand how the realm works, there is no personal income. You have to first get rid of that personal bank account. Because that personal bank account, you're telling them any income that's going in there, any money that's going in there is personal funds. And if it's personal funds, that's, it's up for grabs. If it's private funds, not up for grabs. That, that means that a business, a non-government entity, owns that property. If it's public funds, it's a government entity that owns it. So it's public or private property. There is no such thing as personal property. If you ever see personal property shown, and they're talking about personal property, that's property that people think they own. So private property is business property. It's property that's owned by an entity, whereas personal property is 
you could put it in the category of public property. So, so in other words, a car that's registered, I call that it's it's really public property. You're putting a, a public plate on the back, which gives them the the authority to pull you over because you're you're paying to put that identification in their system, and then you're asking to use that vehicle. But are they giving you the vehicle? No. You probably had to pay for that vehicle. So what you're doing is you're giving the ownership rights of that vehicle, kind of in the form of a power of attorney, to that DMV agency. And the DMV agency is saying, okay, we'll we'll tell you what you need to do to stay in compliance. And then they basically are the backdrop for for the state trooper that pulls you over and says you broke the law. So getting back to income, the the driver's license is is they're using that as a way to connect income now as well. So the, the ID the tax identifier that that we're told is our social security number is the the tracker that they're going to use for personal income not business income personal income as soon as they see business income is is associated with that name and there is no personal assets the IRS goes the other way why is that? Why do they? Why is it that they, that all of a sudden, once there's there there is no personal assets or anything personal related to that first and last name, they it's like they instantly disappear. They're gone. So the and the there's a there's a, a simple explanation for that when. When you register that name and it becomes a registered business entity, now the state has to recognize that as a business. They don't have a choice. You can say it over and over again, but unless you can prove it and at one time you had a driver's license, you are still going to be that person. It takes, you know, people ask me how... So 2005 was the last time I had a driver's license. It it does take time even after it expires or you surrender it for it to completely be out of the system. I'm convinced now that there's nothing in the system with Douglas Joseph Herrick. There's nothing at all. There's no no records. Um, There certainly isn't any DMV records on that name. So over time I think it's just you figure it's been over ten years now. It's all it's all gone. But what what about people that right now are wanting to make that change? I don't know how to how to explain to them, hey, this is where you have you you have a greater well let me uh, let me back up though. I just thought about this. One of the things that I did that was a mistake is when when I didn't have the driver's license, 
I'm thinking what year that was, 2009, I had taken a, a course in Nevada, in Pahrump. There's a, oh, it's a firearm training facility called uh, Front Sight. And in the course, they included a, a weapon, a firearm. And when I when I uh, had the address on the, the application, it was a California address. So at the end of the, the one-week training thing, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm thinking I'm going to get my gun. They said, oh, no, no. You're, if you were a Nevada resident, we could give it to you. But you're not. You're California. So we have to send it to a gun store that's on the list here. Just pick one that's accredited. And then I had to take a test. The test was no big deal. It's kind of funny. It was a joke of a test. But, but anyway, so I take the test, and then I get out my passport, and they say, oh, we can't accept that. And I said, what do you, what do you mean you can't accept that? You need an ID in order for me to get this package that came FedEx. Here it is right here. Here's, here's the name right there. Oh, no, we need a, we need a state ID. So see, these gun stores know the difference between a state ID and a passport. A passport is not a state ID. But then we see, see, here's the confusing part. When, when they talk about, like even the IRS, they talk about IDs, the passport's included. They'll accept that. How come they will accept that? But the gun store won't. So what ended up happening, in order for me to get that gun, which I don't have anymore, by the way, it's long gone, um, I had to go get a state ID. And I remember when I went into the DMV, I told them, yeah, I don't have a driver's license. And then they put in the first and last name, and his response was, ha, found you. I found you because I gave them the impression I'm not in your system anymore. I had actually gone in and tried to cancel the driver's license, and they said it's expired, so you can't cancel it. They, they, a DMV expert had actually testified that a driver's license is suspended in perpetuity. Like it, it once it's suspended, it's always suspended, and you know it's not when it's expired. It, it's it's expired. It's not suspended. It's, it doesn't exist anymore. But they want you to believe this that if it's suspended, that it's always going to be suspended. Why? Because they want you to jump through all these hoops to get it back. So. What are they doing with taxes? They're taking money out of your paycheck. You want to get that back, don't you? You got to jump through all these hoops to get that money back now. That's why they take the money out of your paycheck. And they usually take more, and then you're supposed to feel good about getting a big refund. And it's like, this is all psychological manipulation. I could never understand why people were so happy that they got a big refund check. 
God, I got I got six thousand dollars, and I'm thinking, you stupid idiot! You're why would you be giving? You let them have that money the whole time, and now you're going to celebrate? Well, yeah, you know, I'd probably have spent it on something else, you know, on on things that I probably shouldn't have spent it on. Really? (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess if that's the case, maybe that's a positive thing, but it never made any sense to me, you know? And and actually, they'll tell you that you're, you're supposed to just pay your fair share. So what does that mean, though? your fair share. You're only supposed to be paying personal income tax if you have a personal income tax liability. So it comes back to, okay, so who is that person? That first and last name. Well, we know it's not us. So they always ask you, what's your name? What's your social security number? What's your personal income? Well, I don't have any personal income. I also, even though I I have a person last name I use, I don't own it. So you can have something but not own it. See, and there's a there's a big difference there. So when they say, "What's your name?" I always preface it by saying, "Well, the first and last name." that has that social security number you're asking for or going to ask for, that tax identifier, is Douglas Joseph Harris. And the tax identifier is blah, 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 blah. So I correct them. I don't say, that's not my name. Even though that's true, it isn't my name. It's the name I was given to use. But why would I bring that up if I don't need to. I don't want to create any kind of, of animosity. So if it's opening a bank account and they're referring to the first and last name, yeah, that's the person that's opening the account. I'm not opening the account. But if I say that, well, I'm not opening the account, that name is. They're going to say, well, how can, how can a, a name open an account? Well, the name on the account is not opening the account. I'm acting on behalf of that person that wants to open the account, the bank account. Okay, that's the truth. But if you say that, it's like I've had bank employees just the other day that she said, okay, well, that is you, right? I said, yeah, that's the principal. Well, that, so it's you. It's the principal. It says it right on there. On the power of attorney. She was saying, that's you, right? And I said, well, that's the principle. Look, it says, it's the principle. Yeah, that's you, right? It's the principle. I never said, yeah, it's me. I said, it's the principle, because it is. But I didn't argue with her either. I just kept saying what the truth was, and she accepted it. Okay. Good, we're good then. So, so now, I haven't done this on a, a, a bank account um, opening a, a sole proprietorship using a first and last name. But when I opened a, I just opened a business account for the first time using a different business name, getting an EIN number, and I, I was calling it an LLC. 
the problem that I found with opening a bank account with uh, an LLC is a is a pass through, just like the pass through a sole proprietorship is a pass through. What that means in 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 government terminology, tax term terminology, is money passes through the account with no reporting requirements. Now I'm going to liken this to you passing through. A, a town in your car. You're just passing through. You're traveling. You have your traveling papers. Here's my passport. It's my traveling papers. It's not an ID. It's got a surname and a given name. I'm just passing through. I don't want any trouble. You know, that is, so why would they pull you over? So if you have a, a numbered plate on there, a public plate, yeah, they, they might. But this is why just I, I'm, I'm going back to just putting private property on, on the back of, of, a, of a vehicle because all you want to do is let them know it's not public property. It's private property. Then they know they can't find it in their database. You're telling them that. They have to be able to find the name in a database or the property in a database in order for them to, to have any way of saying we're going to control it. That's what, what court is all about. When when you step in there and they identify you as that first and last name, you just gave all the discretion to the judge over all property that you think you own because you cannot own property. So that those bank funds that are in the personal bank account, you think you own that? No, you don't. Well, what if it's in a business account? It's obvious you don't own it. Then... It's obvious. No, that's, those are business funds. But you control those funds. So, so taxation, when it comes to personal income tax, they ask you point blank, do you have any personal income tax liability? What's that based on? Personal income. Well, if you don't have any personal income, how can you have a personal income tax liability? You can't. Zero personal income, zero personal income tax liability. So then it becomes, okay, how are you, a matter of how are you structuring your business. The sole proprietorship, that's a pass-through. Money passes through that. So that LLC, what I did was I used the power of attorney. I signed everything as the power of attorney, acting on behalf of Douglas Joseph Herrick, who is the name holder for the LLC. So money is going to pass from the LLC into that other sole proprietorship. They're both sole proprietorships, so. So who is the sole proprietor? We know the sole proprietorship is the principal, the first and last name. Or it's the business entity that I just created. Using the assumed name certificate, I created, I, I taught this bank official, she said, I've been in banking for 10 years. I've never seen anyone do this. And I was just told that it's totally legal, what you're doing. So thank you for teaching me something. So what I did was I used the assumed name certificate, which doesn't identify it as an LLC or a sole proprietorship or anything. You have to determine that. So when I was sitting there talking to her, I said, well, it's an LLC. And then she said, well, I need the articles. I said, well, articles of incorporation don't apply 
it's a limited liability company. And she goes, yes, but I still need the article. So LLCs, if you're going to form an LLC, it's usually because you have partners. She said, do you have any partners? And I said, no. She goes, well, then why would you make it an LLC? And I said, yeah, you're right. It should be just a... Uh, she goes, we can make it an LLC under a sole proprietorship. And I said, oh, okay, do that. So that's what she did. So I showed her the paperwork. It shows the LLC name, the business name, is Tesla Energy Asset Management. So that company, the name holder, is Douglas Joseph Herrick. It's not Herrick, comma, Douglas Joseph. I have control over that name holder. The power of attorney was for Douglas Joseph Herrick, not for Tesla Energy Asset Management. And I'm signing the paperwork as attorney, in fact, for Douglas Joseph Herrick, who is the name holder, who's also the account holder. That's why I'm saying, she was saying, you are on the, you are Douglas Joseph Herrick, right? I said, that's the principal, yeah. Right there, principal. And there's the passport right there. Eric, comma, Douglas Joseph, that's me. So I'm the attorney in fact. She called the corporate office, this is Wells Fargo, and because she said, no, you can't do that. When I signed attorney in fact, you can't do that. I said, I have to. I gave you the power of attorney, it's right there. So she went through and looked, and there is a section in there about banking. They just had to make sure that was in there. And then the person on the other end said, yeah, that's fine. So, okay, so, so now she told me. I taught her something she didn't know. So now I've separated myself from having any liability at all with that company. I'm just the attorney in fact. I'm signing on behalf of Douglas Joseph Herrick which isn't me. So there's no personal income. It's all business income. It goes from what passes through one entity into another. Both are tax exempt. So they'll say, well, what about the sole proprietor? Sole proprietor is going to have personal income, right? Really? Well, let's think about that. What is the sole proprietor? Well, the sole proprietor is the legal name. Who created that legal name? It goes back to the very beginning of this, the state. So the state is the originator of that name. They created it. Any debt associated with that legal name, guess who owes it? The state. This is why they had to make income tax voluntary, because when you figure this out, you realize, oh, I don't have any income tax. If you figure this out and then you say, hey, there's all this personal income, but I know it's not me. The person is the state-owned person. So you, you want to pay this tax? So, but, but see, they're, they're going to say, well, that's, no, we, we don't have personal income tax. So who has personal income tax? Who, who would that be? People that think they're citizens. People that are so so income tax is really a punishment for ignorance because once you figure this out, you realize well legally I don't you don't have any personal income that's impossible. 
it's impossible. You you can't have any income at all. You're a man. If you're a man or a woman anyway, and, you, and you're listening to this, you cannot earn income. The business can. You cannot. You can control it. You can possess it. You cannot earn it. You cannot make it. That business can. So the business can generate income. You can't. You can control it, but only if you register the name and the state recognizes it as being in good standing. And if it's in good standing, generally speaking, they're going to leave you alone. They, they've left me alone. So there's, there's a lot of money in that account. They, if they felt that that account had that tax identifier, had, had taxes associated with it, I know it doesn't. But if, if, it, if they did, they take that money. So what is it in a personal account that makes it so different from a business account? Well, a personal account, the IRS can actually send a letter to the bank and say, hey, this person has a personal tax liability of this much money. And they probably went through all the, the, the um, requirements in terms of notifying you. And, you, and you probably just round filed it. And they send it to the bank, and they say, they owe this much money, pay it to us now. Then they freeze your account, and you have 10 days to try and figure out what to do to get it unfrozen. And, and the only way is to pay it. So, and they're going to, then they'll unfreeze your account at, with no money. If, if, it, if the amount they claim you owe is greater than what you have in there. So that's what they do, the personal account. A business account, they can't do that. They have to have a court order. So that means that they would have to serve upon your person a summons and complaint. How can they serve a business? See, here it comes back to once you understand this, not only do you not have tax liability, they can't serve you for anything. They can't serve on you papers for anything. You can only accept papers on behalf of that business, but not as its registered agent. You're, you're not, in that power of attorney, there's nothing in there that talks about being a registered agent for service of process. So that's not your duty. You, you act on behalf of that person and can only act in a way that's beneficial. So when you accept service, what are you saying? Well, when it's a first and last name and it's a process server, they're looking for that person. They're not looking for an agent for that person. They're looking for that person. Where's that person? And they'll usually have like a picture. I got a picture and it sure looks like you. Let me see, where'd you get that picture? Well, that is me. But that first and last name is not me. That's where you got it wrong. So the, the mistake, it's a case of mistaken identity. You're trying to identify me as that first and last name. So hang on a second. If I'm talking to a process server, I'll say, hang on a second. Hang on, I got some paperwork for you. So I'm going to show paperwork 
that contradicts the paperwork that that process server has. I've got official paperwork here from the Secretary of State. And so that proves that this is a business entity. It proves it's not me. So that first and last name, you'll, you'll never be able to serve a man with that name. That, they, that it certainly isn't me. You're looking for someone that's going to say, "Yeah, I'm Douglas Herrick." Well, I no, I'm not. So I can't. I can't admit that. I'd be lying to you. And and he or she cannot serve me without me saying that's me. And if I've got proof to the contrary that it's a business, yeah, they can't serve me for anything. Their whole their whole system is predicated. This is why I say it, the nexus is the DMV, the nexus of even their the taxes. Voting, they're using driver's licenses now to get jurors. They used to use voting records, and now they just use driver's licenses. So it is the nexus for their entire system. If people don't have driver's licenses, they their whole system unravels. And what what is it that keeps that DMV in business? It's people lining up. And, I mean, I, I, if, if you ever drive by a DMV at like 7 in the morning, at least in Southern California, there will be a line going, starting at the front door. Already, if it, especially if it's in L.A., because if you want to get something done at the DMV, it's like just plan on it being they, – they make appointments now and stuff, but it's like it, it's just a nightmare. So people do this, and they don't understand it's all voluntary, and it's actually we're paying for something that, that is hurting us. And this, this is like playing itself out now. Look at what's happening in Syria. I don't know if it's actually happening, if those – if that bombing, if those strikes actually occurred. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, but so there's going to be all these protests and all this, but guess what? So the income taxes, you know, is helping fund all of that stuff. So people that, that are filing and paying income taxes that are complaining about what's going on in the world, they're, they're mindless. They're not mindful, I should say, because on one hand, they, they want to be moral and ethical, and they, they don't want their money to be used that way, but then they turn around and say, I've got to have my job, and I might keep my job, I've got to pay income tax, I've got to pay my mortgage, I've got to do all. We don't have to do any of that. We don't. And we can keep it all as long as people act the proper way. There's nothing that stops us from using the system to our advantage, and they tell us that. So we've been misusing the name. Now we know. This is why filing an income tax return puts you in, at a greater risk because you're claiming to be that person. If you claim to have a personal income tax liability, you're claiming to be that person. So if you register the name and then you turn around and file an income tax return, you're, you're contradicting yourself. 
So can you do that in a fashion where you wouldn't be contradicting yourself? I, I don't know if you can. Where it says you're supposed to sign, I think what you could do is there's a place for a preparer to sign, and you could sign it saying you're the attorney in fact. You you can you can say that, but unless you can prove it, this is what where it comes down to assumed, the assumed name certificate is the only way that we can legally prove we're not that person. The way we can prove we don't have any personal assets is by getting rid of a personal bank account. This is why I tell people, if you, know, if you register that name, that's only a part of what we have to do <clears throat> to separate ourselves from that entity. And it's because we were learning this later in life. If I knew this and I was, I was 12 years old or young, before I went and got a job or, or a driver's license or, or, or a copy of that birth certificate and started using it. So, see, there needs to be an instruction booklet. I think what I may do is put together some, an instruction booklet and send it off to the director of uh, public, the, I think it's the, Department of Public Health and Vital Records of the state of California, I'm going to put together an instruction pamphlet that explains how that first and last name should be used to be in compliance with the business and professions code. Because this is all connected to the voluntary nature of the income tax. So the voluntary nature is not understanding that that name is not up. So everything is focused on that, that the, the fictional nature of that name. So that, the, the paper I authored that's called Everything in Commerce is Fictional, yeah, it, 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 all the names are fictional names. All of those names are fictional names. They all have titles. They're not real names. They're all actors. So you can only act in that commercial realm. You can only act. You cannot actually transact business yourself. That entity transacts the business. You act on behalf of that business. So you're never a party to any of it. If you're not a party, it keeps you out of that loop. They, they can't traffic you. You're not a person. So it's really not human trafficking. It's person trafficking. They're, they're trafficking person. Because once we realize we're not a person, they can't traffic us anymore. We're, we're, we're doing this to ourselves. And it may not happen instantly. I'm not, I don't want to give the impression that you do this and it's just like this magic wand comes and, and it's like a, does break the spell but then that spell has lingering effects. So, so you have to be able to, to deal with those things. So opening opening up is an extremely important part of this. And I have lots of people that have, have had no problems at all. Other people, they try and try and they get frustrated because they just get turned down. You never want to argue 
with anyone, whether it's a bank employee or a cop. Never argue with them. It never were an IRS. They they're trying to contract with that person. They're not. They don't want to contract with you. They want to contract with that person that they think is you. They only think it's you. So you are the one that usually cements that. So if if there are things that have happened to you, it's probably because of how you misuse that name that those things happen to you. And as a result of you misusing the name, you acted in a way that, that puts you in that position. So it's all how we act and react, how we react to, to them wanting to engage us. So if you get a letter in the mail from the IRS saying that you have a personal income tax liability that they've determined and they want you to submit information, people ask me, what do I do? How do I respond to that? So the, 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 the simple response is you provide documentation. Whoever's in the background moving around, can you mute yourself? I don't know how I would know who that is. There's background noise there. Everyone's been very good, though. It's been quiet. So anyways, the, um, the thing about, about getting stuff in the mail from the IRS is that it instantly creates this feeling of fear. And I, I used to feel that all the time. Now, it, it, I don't get those letters. But if I did, I would laugh. They're not something to be afraid of. Even though I know people have this, it, it has a, a connotation of fear attached to it. They, they want that to be there, that fear to be there especially around this time of the year. Um, a good friend of mine that was a water polo referee just committed suicide, and I remember him having trouble with the IRS. He's an independent contractor, swim coach. He was having all kinds of problems. And right around April 15th, this is the time when they start to crack down because it's in the news and everything. This is all a psychological thing. There's no such thing as a personal income tax liability. It's all fake. It's only when we think that we're that person that it becomes real. So everything is connected to that, to that first and last name and the link to us. That all starts with the DMV. So that's why I keep focusing back on the DMV and why it's important to know that you, if you have a driver's license or a state ID of any kind that you carry around with you, you're taking a risk. They're, that's going to be used against you. doesn't matter. Even if there's a, a signature at the bottom that says attorney in fact for the principal or whatever, doesn't matter. There's still a picture of, of an image of that man or woman next to that first and last name. So they're going to make that connection. You, you want the other connection. You want the connection that the passport makes, which is not considered a state ID. You don't want it to be a state ID. 
If they can't identify you as that person, they leave you alone. So if they can't, if the IRS can't identify personal income with that person, they leave you alone. If it's all business income, they leave you alone. That's what we want. They will leave you alone. So when you get that letter, all you've got to do is prove all the income is business income. None of it's personal. It's not hard to do. It's the truth. There's no personal income at all. It's all business income. And you're just the name holder and attorney in fact for the principal. So you're referring to that first and last name as the principal. And that's principal, by the way, P-A-L, not P-L-E, P-A-L. So the, the rule of law in this world is all predicated on you in terms of it applying to you. It's all predicated on you being that person. If you're not that person, none of those laws apply to you. None of them. So the underlying thing is that people think, well, if there's no law, then it's going to be a lawless world. No, there's – there's when they refer to common law or, or the golden rule or any of these things, terminology, God's law, whatever, these are all – this is self-governance. This is saying I can wipe my own – I don't need a diaper, in other words. I, I'm a big boy. I can take care of things on my own. It's taking responsibility for the use of that name. It's not your name. It's their name. They created it. We have proof now that that name is not our name. They own it. The state owns the birth record. They own that name. They created it. I think it was Dean sent me something about North Carolina. There's actual legislation which states that the state controls, maintains, and owns all birth records, names, blah, 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 blah. So in California, I think they just use the word maintain. Isn't that interesting? That same word is what's in the Business and Professions Code, fictitious business name statement filing. It says you, that's the penalty. The penalty for not filing a legal name that's used to transact business is you cannot maintain that name in a court action as a defendant or plaintiff. So you can't maintain it. What does that mean? You can't use it. You can't use that name and, and, and be able to protect any property that it, that it owns. So if you register that name and it's in good standing, yes, you can. But you have to act as its attorney in fact. Not pro per. Pro persona would mean you're, you are acting as that person. You're acting on behalf of that person as its attorney in fact. So it's all an act. This is why judges in Parliament wore wigs. It's all an act. They're actors. And even the, the, the barristers wore wigs back then. They were, they were telling you. It's an act. 
all this stuff that's going on in the world today is an act. Everything that's going on, that's why I question whether these strikes actually occurred. I don't know if they did. Maybe they've got footage of it. We do know that they 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 do uh, attack innocent people. So it, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know if they're innocent or not. I don't know if there's chemical weapons or not. My guess is there's not. There's, there, there never was. And if they did strike, it was only as a means to create fear that, oh, my God, this is going to be World War III. This is the, the prophecy. They're using the Bible as a script. It's not the other way around. They're using that as a script and saying, oh, look, look, it's the Bible. Yeah, this is, oh, the next is the apocalypse or whatever. It, it's not. <laughs> it, it's unless you want it to be, I suppose. They're not, in other words, they're not going to blow themselves up. They never will do that, but they want you to think that they will. And they're acting on your behalf when they do it. It's like, well, how smart is that? Yeah, we're acting on your behalf. We're bombing the crap out of Syria so that their chemicals don't hurt us over here. Like, their chemical weapons can hurt us? It, it, it's ridiculous. It's a, it, it, but we're, we, the same thing could be said of income tax. It's ridiculous. Why, why are people paying it? Because they just don't know better. And when you get that letter, that's an invitation for you to straighten the record out with the IRS. So it's not hard to devise these letters. You know, I, I, I have to be careful not to advise people legally, but these letters are not difficult to write, folks. We're talking about just telling them what I'm saying here, just putting it on paper. That's all it is. It doesn't. It, it, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to explain this to people. It's it's very simple. I used to think that name, that first and last name, was me, because they handed me this piece of paper called a certificate of live birth that had this first and last name on there, and they and, and they indicated that that name was me. And I've been told that my whole life, but there were no instructions attached to this product they gave me. They sold it to me. They sold me the copy. They've got the original. This is one of the reasons we know they own that name. They hang on to that original. And they say, this is ours. In fact, the tax identifier, they'll tell you, if you misuse it, we may ask for it back. I don't know how you misuse a social security number, unless it was being used with a different name. So when people ask me, well, why don't you get an EIN and associate that new EIN with that name, like create your own? It's like, no, you want to use theirs. Because if there's any debt associated, guess who pays it? They do. Are they going to pay? They going to charge themselves something? No. Would you charge yourself something? 
You know, we don't do that to ourselves. Why would the state? They don't. But as soon as you say, when you start talking about subrogating charges, that's exactly what you're doing. You're just saying, hey, I'm just going to say you get to charge this name with debts. You're the one that owns the name. You're charging yourself with those debts. And I don't care. If you want to pay it, that's fine. Just give me your insurance information. I'll, I'll run it through. You can pay for it. Or you can drop them all, and then they just disappear. be a lot easier for you that way. So, see, they don't – once you figure this out, that if you realize everything that you've been giving is a gift. Everything's a gift. Sales tax, I haven't really figured out a way to get around that other than finding a, 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 a retailer where you say, I just – I'll buy this, but don't you be putting any sales tax shit on the receipt. I'm not paying any sales tax. Because basically what they're doing is they're collecting the money and then sending it to the state. You're, you're just agreeing to pay a little bit more for a product is what it boils down to. Because no one's got a gun to your head saying, you've got to shop at Walmart. That's the term that, that you know, or the analogy I use is like, when they tell you you have to go to the DMV and register your car, that, that would be akin to, to you going to a shopping center and there being a Target and a Walmart and you're walking towards Target and the Walmart police come pull you over and say, hey, do you shop at Walmart or we're going to take you to jail? There's just no competitors for the DMV. Just like there's no competitors for the Federal Reserve either. So they're all business organizations. You can call them criminal organizations, but are they really taking, you know, advantage of you, or are you allowing them to do this? See, if you're being taken advantage of and you don't know it, then you're not allowing them to do it because you don't realize you're being taken advantage of, maybe. It's only when you realize you're being taken advantage of that you feel like, hey, you know, I'm not going to let that happen again. But, okay, so what are you doing? You're opening the door and allowing this to happen to you. So just stop doing those things. Start, start eliminating those things from your life. <clears throat> it's the same thing with diet. Start eliminating those things that you're discovering now, dairy and, and grains and things that you used to think were okay, start eliminating those <clears throat> and stick to, to fruits, the, 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 more, the ones with more water in them. Obviously, fruits are, are, have the highest water content. That's a good thing. You don't need to drink as much water. But, and I've, I've had good experiences already with this hydrogen water <clears throat> that I, I just started drinking recently. My eyesight is, is sharpening. And I'm, it's not like I'm doing exercise or anything. I just noticed I don't need my reading glasses anymore. It's bizarre. So what is... I know that's the only thing I've changed. <clears throat> There's just little things 
And this hydrogen water, you make it with a, a bottle, these magnesium sticks and some malic acid, which is a powder that is used in foods. It's it's not toxic. Nothing's toxic in this. So just hot water, hot distilled water, magnesium sticks that have a chemical reaction with the malic acid forming H2. Um, H2O3, is it? Or no, I'm sorry, H2, which is hydrogen gas. So it's the gas is actually infused into the water. And then you drink it. And you have to drink it fairly fast, but it has an amazing detoxifying effect. I think it, it, it ultra-alkalizes the interstitial areas because it gets into those areas so quickly. It goes through that um, blood-brain barrier. Anyway, these are all things that we're, we're learning all these new things that are allowing, if our bodies function better, our mind will function better, without a doubt. And, and so understanding how simple taxation is, a, a big part of this is us being able to think clearly. And to think clearly, you've got to be given your body the right fuel. There's no doubt about that. These are all things that as we start to evolve, <clears throat> that shift that we're feeling, all this momentum that's now shifting in our favor, we're, we're turning those tables. Now I'm realizing that name, not only do you not want to get rid of it, once you realize how it works, we're going to use this to our advantage. Because it's an advantage to know something that a lot of people don't. <clears throat> it's a huge advantage in the business world to know something like this. Huge. So what I'm telling you about, about all of this is that <clears throat> it is just business. It's really not that important. It's, it certainly isn't personal. The, the things that when, when we mix emotions with business, they, they tell you that. Do not get emotionally attached to anything, thing, material things. And certainly don't allow something that's business to affect you emotionally. The, the people think that that's impossible, but it's, it's a trap. <clears throat> so if the market goes to zero, you know, this month, do I care? No. I, I, it has zero effect on me. Now, indirectly, it might have an effect on, on society, but I'm not a part of that. I'm, I've detached myself, so I don't worry about any of those things. I don't have to. But, but I used to all the time, and so I can relate. I was a financial planner. What a ridiculous, how can you plan finances when you have control over none of it? That's the most ridiculous thing ever. And I went to school for that, to learn all that. This is where it comes down to education. The universities is where all this starts. Universities are, <laughs> are unnecessary. They need to be eliminated. We need to learn from each other. So... All I'm doing is learning, teaching you how to navigate through their system of commerce using their rule book. 
But, see, I've taken their rule book and I said, well, all those rules in the UCC, that's for them. My rule book is going to be really thin because there's only, like, a few rules you have to know. This is one of them about taxation. But once you figure this out, life gets so much easier, so much easier. So there's, there's, there's going to be a transition right now a lot of these sheriffs, like like the one in Nevada, Nye County, anyway, is stating openly that she agrees there's no need to have driver's licenses and register your cars. But she's blaming the commissioners and the courts. Won't They won't go along with her on it. How ridiculous is that? If, if you're the sheriff, and the commissioners are putting pressure on you to arrest people for things you know that are not legal or illegal, I should say. They're just claiming that you're being unlawful. So, see, the, the thing is, she doesn't fully understand what we do about, about that name. She still thinks she's Sharon Worley and that she's doing her doggone her best in her mind she probably is she's done her best she's followed through on her all her commitments you know as an elected official so see you're th- these people are supposedly being elected and paid for by the public to do what to say point fingers at the commissioners and courts and say i have to do this i have to arrest you even though I know it's really not illegal, that doesn't make any sense. What, are people crazy? It's nuts. So we're, we're paying for this stuff. So when, when we pay for it, income taxes, DMV fees, all this, we're contributing to it. So there was a, a video I posted a few days ago. This guy, it was a rant where, where he's saying, you know, why are you making such a big deal about this flat earth thing? So what? It is. We know. We know NASA's blowing through $52 million a day. What are they doing with all that money? They're having parties, probably. A lot of good parties. They're, they're building, you know, things that are for stage sets. You know, it's not, they're not really doing anything with it that's productive. But you keep paying the taxes, so does it, who's at fault here? If you continue to, to, to pay them, they're voluntary. I'm telling you, they're voluntary. You don't have to pay it. Your, your job may disappear. I can't control that. It may disappear if you stop doing it. But if enough people stop paying taxes, it doesn't matter whether you stop or not. Your job's going to disappear anyway. Most jobs are connected to that. We're not supposed to be working in a lot of these jobs, especially if they're involving finance of any kind. Finance is all fake, all of it. Insurance is fake. It's all fake. You don't need it, and when you think you need it or want it, yeah, that, that's a problem. But the, the income tax, getting back to income tax, if you pay it, it's a gift. You're giving a gift 
to government. So don't get mad at government or even government actors. We're doing this to ourselves. Honestly, the IRS, once you, once you understand this and you talk to them in, in a respectful tone, say, hey, I'm just wanting to find out, am I, am I doing this right? I discovered that that first and last name is not my name. It's owned by the state. And, and I registered that name with the Secretary of State, the one that created it. So now it recognizes it. It's in good standing. I've included all that paperwork and to prove that this is now a registered business entity, and I know it's not me. So there can't be any personal income. There only is business income, and it's a sole proprietorship. So there's no reporting requirements or, or tax liability for the sole proprietorship. The sole proprietor has no personal income as it is the name that's on the certificate of live birth that was created by the state. Please update your records to reflect any corrections that need to be made to show that this is any income that's associated with this is business income. There is no personal income. A letter simply like that with the end saying a non-response, you have 30 days to respond to this letter. That's a reasonable period of time. If you don't respond, that constitutes an acceptance that there's no personal income tax liability associated with this first and last name slash individual and this tax identifier, both issued by the state. The Social Security Administration is, is a, an arm of the Internal Revenue Service. The Internal Revenue Service created the Social Security Administration to administer the benefits that are going to be paid out from all the taxes that it collects, the personal income taxes. So it's a redistribution of wealth. So I tell people that are paying all these taxes, and I tell them, hey, well, I'm you're, you're contributing to, to things that, I, that the person, the, my business is benefiting from. Thank you. I appreciate that. Keep paying your taxes. As long as you keep paying, I, I'll keep getting free money. It's free money. But don't get mad at me. The person I registered is the one entitled to it. You're just a sucker. You're paying into the system. So you're paying with your labor, though. See, I'm not paying with labor. You're paying with your labor. And then thinking that this money is, is making it worthwhile. So the, the way we change the world is we don't change it. We do, we're just changing our perception of the world. We're realizing it's not real. It's all fake. So how do you play the game? It's all a game. So it's it's like Monopoly. Like Monopoly. Monopoly's been in the news the last couple of years. They changed all their tokens. Well, not all of them. They got rid of some, and they added some new ones. The game is still around, though. And it really is indicative of what is going on in the world today. You're, when you make yourself that token, 
you end up in jail when you're going around that board. And if you happen to pass go, you get your $200 a month, your EBT card. Otherwise, you go to jail and you pay $200 a month. Isn't that funny? That's, that's around the maximum amount of, of food stamps. So when you pay, every month, if you stay out of jail, you get your food stamps. This is what this thing is. It's a rat race. You're going around and around and around a board in a circle. So it's a square. You're, you're, you're just going around in circles. So stop doing that. Get off that merry-go-round. Let the business do the work for you. It's like the doctors say, oh, let the medicine do the work for you. No, no. In their realm of commerce, yeah, you let the, 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 the business name do the work for you. When we figure this out, everything is going to be paid. Everything is paid for anyway. This is where, where people say, oh, yeah, you know, where I'm entitled to this. No, the name is entitled to all those benefits. You just have to open up the, the door to those benefits. And it receives them. You are the one that possess and control all the property, though. And that's the benefits become property of what? That first and last name. And it's all legal. So the people who will point and say, oh, you're not paying your fair share, you're not paying taxes, they're the ones that are doing something illegal. And then they're pointing the finger at you. Isn't that ironic? Saying you're doing something illegal when in fact it's just their stupidity. That put, they're taking a, a greater risk of going to jail than someone who doesn't file a tax return ever. People who file a tax return have a far greater chance of going to jail than a person that doesn't, than a man or a woman that doesn't file a tax return. So, and it's because the tax return is what puts you in the category. What's what's the definition of a taxpayer? It's someone who, for two consecutive years in a row, files and pays an income tax. That's a taxpayer. So, if you don't file and pay an income tax for two years in a row, all of a sudden you're no longer a taxpayer. That's when they start sending you letters. Uh oh, we lost a customer. We've got to bring them back in to the fold. So they're, they're going to, that's when the letters start coming. It takes about two years for, for, for that to start. So when, when, you, when you file exempt and then you stop filing tax returns. Some people I know, they address it right up front and let the IRS know you're not going to be receiving a tax return from me anymore. Here's why. And they never hear from the IRS again. You can do it that way. I know people that are doing that. And they're just explaining it to them. They're sending them all the data and then saying, if you have any questions or you believe that I'm wrong, you have 30 days to respond. So if they don't rebut what you're telling them, they have to accept it. So it's it, – and I'm not saying that's guaranteed to work. A year from now, they might get a letter. 
one of the things that, that the IRS does is they rotate people through. So they're constantly getting new collectors. So so the, this guy at the franchise tax board that I talked to, he he's one of the ones that admitted to me the state owns that name. Yeah, so what? So the state owns the name. We're just third-party debt collectors for the state. So the Franchise Tax Board is a third-party debt collector for the United States. They're a franchise of the United States. That's what they're telling you at, right? Franchise Tax Board. So that's the franchise, and you're the franchisee. You're, you're paying the franchise fee to the distributor who's taking your money and redistributing it to giving it to the United States and then it, it, it redistributes it in other places. <clears throat> so these are all gifts. It's all voluntary. So Harry Reid, he couldn't explain the voluntary nature of it, but I just did. It's all in the name. It's all in that person. So the, the, it, because banking is commerce, that's why it's so important to have a business bank account. It's vital. It's vital. In, in order for that person to be able to operate on top of the grid, this is not, you're not off the grid. You're right on it. You, you want to light that grid up. That's why when people say, yeah, you get a new tax identifier. No, you want to use that tax identifier they gave you to use. Any debt that's associated with that with that tax identifier, the state owes that debt. Not you. The state owns the name. They just gave it to you to use. Just like they're giving you that dollar bill to use. It's a debt instrument. They're giving it to you to use. But it's really just an IOU. It has no value. No no tangible value. So anyway, I, I will I will open it up now. I don't know if there's I haven't been keeping track in the chat room. I've just been talking, but I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up now to, to anyone that that has questions. I haven't I haven't heard anyone on there. I see there's still a lot of people online, it looks like it. Anyone have any questions, or did I answer every question that everyone has? Nobody has any questions. A thorough job, Doug. <laughs> I guess so. That's pretty amazing. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Looks like about twenty people on here. That's cool. Um, cool, cool. I just wanted to say um, you were talking about the sales taxes. In some states, uh, there's a couple, few of them apparently that don't charge sales tax, maybe because of the tourism, casinos, and the gambling. But um, there's a title uh, in Title 18 that um, defines the obligation of the United States. And it includes Federal Reserve notes, Federal Reserve Bank notes, United States notes, Treasury notes, gold certificates, silver certificates, bills, checks, 
of whatever denomination. Then in Title 31, it says uh, the obligations of the United States are exempt from taxation by a state or political subdivision of a state. Exemption applies to each form of taxation that would require the obligation. So there's, um, they hid the definition of the obligation in the criminal code. And uh, I have a friend who actually worked it out with Walmart so that whenever he goes there, uh, he doesn't have to pay that tax. But, um, so I'm a little bit new to it, but I know it works for him, and so I thought I would mention oh, that well, to you. The only, yeah, the only way I know of to avoid sales tax is to somehow prove that you're a quote-unquote wholesaler and you're not going to resell it. That's the only way to, to avoid sales tax. So I'm not sure what part of Title 18 you're referring to, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, all taxation is voluntary. We've been led to believe it's mandatory. So any of these big businesses, though, these corporations, um, if they are following the laws of commerce, yeah, if there is a law in there that allows you to become exempt, because that's the only thing I can think of, he's somehow used that clause to say that when he his business buys something, that it's exempt from that sales tax. And it's like, yeah, there are states like Oregon doesn't have a sales tax, but um, they make up for it in other places. They they charge more in other areas, and and of course that that changes too. Um, state of Nevada, I think it was a year ago or maybe two years now, they instituted something called a commerce tax which is just a broad-based tax on everything, every business transaction that occurs. It's like a sales tax, but it's everything. So services, products, goods, doesn't matter what it is, commerce tax, except I think food. Food is the only thing that, you know, like in a, a, a store, retail store. So, but it's, they call it commerce tax. Interesting, because so so everything is really a commerce tax, but it's funny that they're actually just coming out and calling it that now. Everything really is a commerce tax because it's part of what keeps the realm of commerce going. If they don't have funding, they cease to exist. So there's a way for us to operate within this system with without having to pay those taxes. And and so your friend, whoever that is, that would be great if we if you could get more information on that. Because see these these are things if someone is having success in eliminating a, a sales tax, um, you know, I just had something interesting happen uh, and I just realized Walmart never called me back. There was we were trying to find out if we could uh, cash a cashier's check at a Walmart. And the Walmart stores, in, 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 you know, in general, 
yeah, they do. It says right on the website. But a, a particular store said, no, they don't cash any cashier's check. They cash like IRS refund checks. That's it. Like, wait a minute. The website, and I call their customer service, and they say, yeah, we cash cashier's checks. So this one store manager, for whatever reason, has decided that they, they're changing corporate policy. Now, the customer service rep told me that within 24 to 48 hours, you will get a call from management at that Walmart store. Well, I never got a call. So guess what's going to happen to that manager? I don't really know. But I just notified Walmart that they never called me back. And they're still sticking to their gun. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here because when when someone makes a personal decision to go against a corporate policy, that can end up in, in disaster for 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 the, that person who's decided because the corporation unless the corporation is backing them. Corporation has to back them. So corporation, the government corporation will back its employees. It's not going to back you. So in other words, if, if you think that you can manipulate the system by having a sharp CPA, filing a tax return, and following all those rules, having a corporate license and doing all that, that's fine. There's nothing, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying, though, you're at greater risk than I am, and I don't have to do any of that stuff. And there's no limit on the amount of money that that business can make, exempt from taxation. So, yeah, it's it, 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 there's nothing illegal about any of this. It's all totally 100% legal. The people that are filing tax returns, this is the irony of it, they're the ones that are committing the illegal act. They're claiming to be that person. So guess what? They're going to pay a personal income tax for being so stupid. See, but, but it's not really stupidity as much as it is, hey, they're just not telling us. So that's, I, I think that's why a, a, a booklet that I, I'm going to I'm going to put together a, a small little booklet in a PDF format and send it to the uh, director of public health, Kathy something in California. Say I'm going to recommend that you institute this with all certificates of live birth issued by mail or walk-in or otherwise. Everyone should know how to use that name. It's no different than if they send you, like, if you buy a, a, a jigsaw and they don't have a warning in there that, hey, you can cut, like, your fingers off and you can hurt yourself severely if you don't, if you're not careful, don't let children play with this, and, and <laughs> someone buys it <clears throat> and their kid gets a hold of it and, and cuts off their, their hand or something. Who's going to be liable? It's the business. They didn't put a warning sign on there. <clears throat> that famous uh, McDonald's lawsuit where some lady bought 
coffee and spilled it on herself and then sued McDonald's because she burned herself. Like, well, they didn't have a sign on there saying it was hot. Well, who buys coffee? Well, it could be cold coffee. So they had to, now they it says hot on, on all those things. <clears throat> so, you know, they have to warn you. Be careful, this is hot. <clears throat> Some of this is, is obviously common sense, but the, that's the way their system works. So when they create a product and they don't put instructions along with it, they just give you a warranty card and they don't tell you, hey, you've got to send this thing in and register it. Otherwise, you could be held liable for any misuse of it. See, this is why I tell people I, I don't worry about the fact that the, the certificate of live birth that I have, it's, everyone can see it. And I posted the Social Security number, too. Someone could take that information and use it fraudulently. Sure they could. Go ahead. It's not my debt. No one has, but if they do, I'll just say, hey, it's not my debt. I didn't do any of that. You got any proof that that's fine? I got a business. I run a business. Someone else is, is using that, claiming it's them. I would never do that. So I can, it's easy to prove that I, that's, that's not mine. That's someone claiming it's them. This is a business. It can't be a man or a woman. So, see, that would end the ability for people to misuse those names almost overnight. It would, it would end because there would be no benefit. You'd create this, this debt, supposedly against this name, and then if they came after you, you'd just say, well, the state owes the debt. Here, let me give you the name and address. You can send the bill to Alejandro Padilla. He's the, the Secretary of State in California. He'll settle that debt for you. That's who owes it. They created that name. So, see, this is getting easier and easier. As time goes on and, and we understand what's really going on, this is getting even easier, folks. It's, it's not getting more difficult. It's getting easier. And as, so as their whole kingdom... You know, it's called the United Kingdom and the United States. So the kingdom, the United States is just an extension of their United Kingdom. It's a realm. The kingdom, it's a realm. It's all fake. All of it's fake. They've just morphed it over time. It, in the beginning, it was just like, you're a slave. You're in the kingdom. You have to pay to be here. You know, and the king owns everything. So we know now, well, nobody owns anything. But in that realm, as long as we show that the business owns that property, guess what? We get to keep it. And they leave us alone. So that's, that's the key here. There is no enemy. The enemy is our own action. It's, it's ourselves. Don't point the finger at, 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 at government. I'm pro-government. When people say, oh, you, you, government's going to come after you. Really? I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna be, I'm not out there waving a flag, of course, but the flag is nothing but a cult symbol. That doesn't represent government. 
It represents the people who are the cult members that may be using the government as a tool, but it doesn't represent the government. So the government is represented by something called the Constitution. So when you start reading the Constitution, see, my, my foundational knowledge is all organic law. It's based on the four organic laws, which most people don't even know what the four organic laws are. Declaration of Independence, Articles of Incorporation, the Northwest Ordinance, and the, and the Constitution. So those four documents are all fraudulent. They're not fraudulent. They're all fake. Big difference between fraudulent and fake. It's not a fraudulent business name. It's a fictitious business name. It's only when you misuse it that fraud can be considered or, or, or it could constitute a form of fraud. So when you misuse that name, you're committing the fraud. Isn't that ironic? All these people that are saying, oh, the government's you know, committing fraud, and then they're saying, yeah, that person last name's me. Well, wait, wait, wait. You, uh, who's pointing the finger at whom? Who's committing the fraud? The government can't do anything. The government just exists as an entity, and you're misusing that name, which is preventing you that person that it created for you to use, it's preventing you from using it in a way that's beneficial to you. You're using it in a way that's beneficial to them, and they have no obligation to correct you. So they're not going to correct you. They're going to assist you in, in shooting yourself. So, you know, they'll hand you the gun. Say, here you go, and they'll hand you the loaded gun and say, go ahead, pull the trigger. And and by the way, you before you pull the trigger, though, you still owe us $100 for the bullet. So you pay him the $100 and then shoot yourself. So here's the thing. See, it's all, we're, we're, we're paying for this. We're doing this. We have total control over this. You have to understand that. They've got zero control, zero authority, zero. This is why they're so terrified. All of it's fake. It's all fake. It's not fraudulent. It's fake. It's not real. So the things that you're doing to try and it's like you want to say, no, 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 don't take my name away from me. That's my name. That's my identity. It's like, no, it's not. It's none of those things. You know, if you're attaching some kind of emotion, when people say, oh, I've lost my identity. Someone stole my identity. How, how can they steal your identity? You don't have an identity. So, if, if, you know, how can you lose something that was, you never had to begin with? So all when when everything finally does collapse, it has to. It has to. There has to be some kind of a correction. It can't keep going. Too many people know now that it's fake. So they're they're gonna they're gonna do something to try and create 
another system, maybe one currency, I don't know, crypto, probably it's going to be something that's that's not tangible at all. Then everything will be intangible. The, The money won't be tangible anymore either. Everything will be fake. There's nothing. The only thing that makes money feel like it's real is you can touch it. So if you can't even touch it anymore, it's kind of like disease. It's not real. It's not disease. All it is is a backed-up lymphatic system. You're full of mucus and toxins, your body. You've got to get rid of those toxins. You, your body can, can eliminate a lot of toxins, but you're just pouring more toxins in than it can keep up with. So just start to back off on that stuff, and you'll see things start to improve. Start backing off on using that name the way you've been using it, and you'll see things start to improve in your life, every facet of our life. So it's just understanding the way things really are. It clears your mind, and it takes away any of these fears and worries. Fear is the, is the thing that probably is most detrimental to, to our health. It's fear of being afraid. You know, oh, my God, how am I going to survive next month? What if I don't have my job? What if I don't have this? What if I don't have that? And, and a lot of people, maybe they handle their jobs without any problem. They don't, they're not afraid. Well, if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, so what? In the meantime, I'm just going to keep working, and I'll have the driver's license. I'll just go along with it. I don't care. There's a lot of people like that. And and you can't do anything about that. So just I just... That doesn't bother me. I don't care. People want to keep, but now if those people try to tell me that I'm doing something wrong, oh, well, yeah, I'll start laughing at them. I'll start laughing at them. There's, nobody's going to tell me I'm doing something wrong when I know damn well it's the exact opposite. I'll just laugh at them. But I, I, you don't want to argue. Arguing with, with people, typically nobody benefits from that. So if someone wants to argue, I tell them, I said, listen, put your argument on paper and I'll respond to it. But I'm not going to stand here and argue with you. That's ridiculous. I have everything supported with documentation. Most people that want to argue are using things that they've heard other people or they maybe they experienced in some way. They're using those experiences and then saying, well, that's, but I don't know the whole story. What else did you do that resulted in that happening? You know, and and, and chances are there's somewhere I'll be able to identify what they did wrong, where where it turned. And if it was going in their favor, where it turned. If it was, most of the time, you will never win. They will tell you, go ahead and appeal it, but you're not going to win the appeal. They already know that. So if if you think that the system is going to mete out justice, no, it meets out profit. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. So think of it that way. That's the only way the government exists is if it profits. So anyone who tells you it's not there for profit, BS. If it's not profitable, it goes out of business. That's just like any other business. So 
the the customer base is are the people that are lining up at the post office to file their tax returns on you know April fifteenth to avoid penalties and stuff. Those are their customers. So DMV, same way, people lining up, those are all customers. If it's a customer, it's voluntary. They put right on the parking spaces at the IRS, it says customer parking. In DMV, is the same way, customer parking only. This is for our customers. You know, it's, it, it, it's all private. See, I'm coming to understand everything is private. The only thing that's public is the stuff that you're giving to the state and then asking to use. That's what's public. That's public property. Is the property you're giving. If it's property that they have, they're played on, they control, no, that's private. That ain't public property. Private. They'll call it public property, but it's not really public property. No, it's no different than them calling Area 51 public property and a park public property. Well, the park doesn't have a fence around it. Anyone can go there and enjoy it. That's public property. What's behind that fence? That's private property. Otherwise, it wouldn't have a fence around it. But what's really public property? It's stuff that's not fenced in. You know, that's the only property that can't, that, that can be truly called public property because it's supposed to be open to the public and, and, and public use. That would be like a trustee of a trust saying, yeah, I'm the trustee, but all the beneficiaries, none of you can use any of the benefits. You can't, you can't benefit from any of the things that are owned by the trust. I'm going to take control of that. It's all mine. Well, then you're not performing your duties as a trustee. You have to share that with the beneficiaries. So in, in a court situation, the court the judge takes the role of trustee. And he's going to take the property and share it with all his buddies. See, all, all, the, all the people that, that are in their network, they're going to share that property because the owner can't be found. Who owns that name? Oh, gosh, guess what I found? So this is ironic. I just thought about this. The Secretary of State has a, uh, uh, a branch called Unclaimed, or it may not be a part of the Secretary of State. The State of California has a branch, I think it's maybe under the Comptroller, for unclaimed funds. So that name, you have to prove that name is your name to get those funds. So, well, the state owns that name. But it's looking for the owner. So I was thinking about that. Wow, that's kind of a trap because if you say, hey, that's my money, that was, even if you say it's my business's money, Really? Well, gosh, we created that name, and it ended up in our bank account, so we're going to keep it. 
see, and and or or they'll say, yeah, if you admit that it's you and you can prove it's you, we'll give it to you. Oh, but you know what? You owe all these taxes, so sorry, you're not going to get anything. So that's that's what they do, right? Unclaimed funds, but are they really the funds of that person? They might be. You have to prove the person is what a beneficiary. If if because that's usually how unclaimed funds end up in that account. That name is the beneficiary on some either old bank account or old stock uh, certificates or something, and that money was due to that individual, but they can't find them. So when you enter into a court and you claim to be that person, they know it's not you. So they take control of all those assets, if you have any assets, and that includes you. You're considered an asset of that person because you're claiming to be that person. So, and the state owns the name, so guess what? They own you. This is where where that spell comes in. This is where they don't really own you. You're allowing them to, to make that determination. You're giving it up. You're giving it to them. So, taxation is just one of those things. You're giving them that money. So if you turn around and, and argue with them and complain, that's kind of stupid. Just stop giving the gift. That's all it is. Stop doing that. So I'm kind of surprised I haven't gotten many questions about people that most people they, they get their W two employees. What does that mean? No, I've got that means, a question. Okay, go ahead. Hello? Yeah. Okay, great. Anna, uh, New York. Um, awesome call. Um, the question is, is that yeah, I'm getting feedback here a little bit. Um, how would you uh, suggest changing a brokerage account uh, into so it's not a personal account or an IRA account, so it's not personal? When you talk about a brokerage account, you're you're talking about for for trading securities? Yes, yeah, stock. Yeah. Um, I know someone that did it easily. They just sent all their, their documentation and opened a business account. So just call it a business account. That's all, that's what it is, yeah. Right. Okay. It's, it's, it's no different than a, a business bank account, only it's a security account. So it's not the FDIC, it's the SEC that regulates it. But... Both, they're both part of the banking system, obviously. Okay. So, yeah, you you can you can do it, most definitely. And the only way the IRS can get those funds is with a court order of some kind against that name. Okay. So, yeah, if it's if it's in a business account, I've never known anyone that's had funds taken. I have known of people that have had IRA funds taken, IRAs, so, but not business funds. They thought that IRAs were protected. Uh-uh. Nope. They'll take it. 
but, but all funds your that were accounts. in the business that were in the business account, they didn't touch them. You just change all your different accounts into a business account. It's simple as that. You're saying. Yeah, you would you would want to get rid of all retirement accounts. Retirement accounts, you, they're open season. They can just take them. They can take them. They, and they will. That's what I think. One of the things they're going to do is they're going to say, "Hey, we need to bail out the the country, so we're going to take all your retirement accounts because you're not going to be able to use them anyway if the government goes out of business, right?" So that would mean uh, closing them out, paying the fines and fees, because, you know, if you're not at the retirement age. No, 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 you wouldn't have to pay the fines and fees. They just take the money. It's just going to be taken. So that's why I'm saying you, you, all these people that have retirement accounts, kiss that money goodbye. That's so there's not nothing one can do. There's that, nothing that's one... not protected money. If, if, if it's in a business account, yeah, it's protected. But when, when the because at some point there has to be a correction. We know it's got to happen. We don't know when, and it, it's going to be a, a lot more severe this time because look at how, how the run-up, the run-up we've seen in the last four and a half, five years, crazy. Interest rates have been near zero for 10 years, at or near zero, and they're, they're, it's, it's like a rubber band. They're going to, I'm guessing... By summer, we're going to probably see double the rates that we're seeing right now. They're going to, they, they, it's, it's, they're going to cause it. They want everything to go into a, a tailspin. Because now, because people are finding out what I'm, what I'm telling you. Does it really have an effect on those of us that know it's all fake to begin with, though? No, it doesn't. Because if everything goes to zero, it doesn't really matter anyway. It's a matter of us having uh, uh, the ability to cooperate amongst ourselves. So co-ops are, are really the answer. The, the, the cooperatives are a form of government, self-governance. And see, they work. They do work. They eliminate the need for a central government. But for the time being, if you figure this out, you can benefit big time, no matter what. So if you have an IRA account, you just kiss it goodbye, or is you change it into a business account? I'm sorry. I'm no, you just cash it out. Cash put it out. It, put, the, put the funds into a business account. Yeah. So w what I'm saying is now, as far as the penalties go, when you cash it out, you tell them you don't want them to take any money out. They'll ask you that. Do you want funds? Uh, you want any money to be taken? If it's a 401k. Sometimes there's provisions in there where they say we will take them out if we feel there's taxes due. Otherwise, they'll ask you, "Do you have any taxes due? Do you want? To, if you do, do you want us to keep them out?" So you just say, "No, don't take no. There's no personal income tax liability." Got it. Got it. Okay. So 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 then, if you get a letter from the IRS, same thing. You handle the letter the same way. So, so that's all business funds. Here's proof it was a, a business. And they were liquidated from a personal IRA account because they're not personal funds. I, I realize they're not personal funds. Mm -hmm. Never okay. work. They're all business, and it's tied to a sole proprietorship, which is tax-exempt. 
Okay, that's very helpful, uh, Doug. I ran into something else that I think that could be very significant, and I want to throw it your way. It has to do with uh, a similar thing with DBA uh, name holder, which is one word. There's no separation. And so I could look up holder and associate it with the term uh, name holder. So what I right. was I saw that in your, your email. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Okay, so you know, connecting to that concept, I was looking at Social Security, and what is was in right in front of my face was number holders, and yeah. holder is spelled with a apostrophe s. So uh-huh. I'm asking, when you do your DBA, can you uh, put that into the DBA that the name holder holders with the apostrophe s? Uh, put the number in there, and so because the name holder is referring to the first, middle, last, but the the root of it is is that the man surname given name controls the first, middle, last, and the first, middle, last is the holders of the holder of the number. So claiming the number holder in the DBA. Well, all that's saying is that the two are married to each other. There, one is that number is assigned to that name. That is the holder of the name. You would not want to put that in with the assumed name certificate. If that's what you're saying, there, there's no such thing as a DBA. Doing business as is just an acronym. It's not. It's not a a, uh, a document. It's the assumed name certificate, so it's the ANC. But anyway, because when people refer to it, do the DBA. No, you're not doing a DBA. You're filing an assumed name certificate that creates a business. It doesn't create a DBA. Okay, so just looking at, I hear what you're saying. So if we just see that number holders, apostrophe S, is there an acceptance and acknowledgement or acknowledgement acceptance of that that needs to be in you know claimed in the 2D world. Well, what is remember oh, the holder is the one that controls that that whatever it is. Okay, right. so the 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 holder of that number is not what's important. It's the card holder. Who's the card holder? That's you. Card holders, the first, middle, last, is it not? No. Ah, 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 And it's not middle either. It's first and last. They don't first acknowledge that. Okay, first and first last. First and I... last, and, and the, the Social Security Administration, I, I sat down and had a meeting with them. I said, so the card holder is the surname and the given name. The number holder is the first and last name. Yes. I'd like there to see that. Where is the... No, know, the... I told them that, and they agreed. It doesn't say that, Okay. but you can extrapolate that. From, it, it's common sense. What is a card? A card is a physical thing. You can hold that in your hand. Can you hold a number in your hand? Well, if it's on the card, you can but you can't hold a number in your hand. 
It's intangible. It's assigned to that legal name. So the legal name is the number holder. They're inseparable. When you try to change that name, do you think you can get away from that Social Security number? <laughs> nope. Nope. Won't let you do it. Well, not trying you can to get change away from it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Some people change the name thinking that, oh, if there's debt associated with that name, no, the number will go with that name. So you use that name along with that number again, boom, that's an AKA. Same name. So you, you cannot escape the connection between the two. And the two are created by the same entity, the state. I agree with you, but it does say number holders with apostrophe S. If there's nothing we need to do with that, like, um, you know, accepted and uh, acknowledged and accepted in, in writing. But number holders are talking about the entity. Yes. The entity owns it. Right, the entity owns it, but... The given name and um, the surname given no, name. No, it doesn't say given name and surname. It says first and last name. No, no, no. I think you let, if you let me finish, what I'm saying is that by the DBA, the man is in control of the first last name. Mm. But well, the first last name is uh, is the holder of the SS number. But we, I just am not yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that's it. right. That's right. But what what you were um, suggesting is that that social security number should be associated with the name in on, that's that's filed with the Secretary of State. Is, am I right about that? I think that there's some acknowledgement acceptance of that for, on behalf of the principal, the first last name that you have to um, for you know to, to benefit your principal if you claim it by acknowledging and accepting it somehow. Why, why, though? Because you would be, if you put a copyright copy claim on it, then you would be in control of the number and the name. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where, where did those words come from? Copyright copy claim? Yeah, that's UCC stuff. Who uh, is this that I'm talking to? Anna on New York. Anna von Muir? Anna from New York. Is this Judge, judge Anna? No, 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 just okay. Anna. So, so Anna, Anna, yes. when, when you start talking about copyright, mm -hmm. you're talking corporate law. That has nothing to do with any of this. You, 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 you're talking about the, the claim and stuff. That's where, where you're taking ownership of that name. See, the thing here is that you, what you're what, what you're saying is partially true, that you control that name as far as your use of the name. You control that. The state doesn't control that unless it's not registered. But that social security number is is strictly for one thing. What is it for? To track. To, to track? The person. Right. To track what, though? Income. Nope. 
That's that's when that person thinks that they're uh, when that man thinks they're a person. It's to track benefits. It's for benefits. That's what it was created for. Social Security Administration is for benefits. But it was created by what? The IRS. How ironic is that? So you either pay taxes or you get benefits. If you try to do both, you're screwing yourself. Well, I don't want to see? do that. I don't want to yeah, screw myself. So, so yeah, but, but see, my point is is that when when you register that name, it's for one purpose only. It's to separate the man from that name that was given to the man to use. Who marries that name with the Social Security number? The IRS does. That's how they so when contract they come, with you. When they come around looking for, for for money, it's real easy to address. Well, you, let's see. You issued that tax identifier to that name, which both are owned by the state. I don't own either one. So, and you're asking me if there's personal income? No. No personal income, but you here here's the name and address of the Secretary of State. If you're claiming there's some debts owed, here's the here's the guy to to, to contact. He's the one that has those debts. Or, or will pay those debts. Because okay. see it, it's I it's, get what you're saying. All, I, I just thought there yeah. would be something because doing uh by registering and becoming the name holder when I saw number holders with an apostrophe S, I thought there was something to do there. And if I'm off... Well, when you say apostrophe S, what, okay, so if it didn't have the apostrophe there, would that make a difference? Well, it does have the apostrophe, and apostrophe means the holder is in possession of the number. But the per- Right, and the in holder possession? is the business. Right, oh. the business... But do we? A business cannot be in possession of anything. So, see, this is where I'm saying, you, this is a trick. It is okay. The business can't possess anything, but they point blank told me, this is why. If it didn't have an apostrophe, I would agree with you. But because it has apostrophe, it's saying it's that person's number. It belongs to that person. It belongs to that person. They're inseparable. But it doesn't say that it possesses it. See? And and so it's kind of a trick. So who's in possession of both those things? You're you're really not in possession of that name. You're in possession of the, You're using it, but you're in possession of the certificate of live birth which is what you paid for from the state who created that product. So you're just using the product. And and they're making you pay for it. But if you misuse it, you get penalized. And if you use it properly, you benefit from it. So the penalty for misusing it, taxation. 
And, and so you could look at DMV fees as taxation. It's just another form of taxation. They call it a use tax. Registering a car is a use tax. You're, you're using property that you gave to them and then said, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, so if I use this, could you just make sure you keep me in line and punish me in case I do something wrong? And the state says, sure. Here, just make sure you carry this card with you at all times, and uh, we'll just wait for you to break the law. Okay. I mean, I, I, I see where you're going. There's nothing. To, it's trick number holders with an apostrophe yes. It's a trick. So when I think of, like, a holding company, they hold – what do they hold? They're holding property. So, so, but, but are they're not in, they're not in possession of it. Okay, they I'm using the wrong possess, word. I'm using yeah, the wrong word, obviously. Right, uh, right. What? So, so the possession part of it is is that's your job to possess and control the property of that name. So you don't, you can't really possess a name. You can possess the property that it owns. Who's in possession of the name? The state. Well, if you're in possession of it and it has a debt attached to it, guess what? That debt's yours too. See? That's the state. The state owes that debt. So are they going to attach a debt to that name if they have to pay it? No. It's going to go away. It's going to disappear. That's how that's how all that tax that I had well I was almost two million combining franchise tax board and IRS lien. And they're all gone. All of them. Gone. Not a trace. Not I'm not talking about where, where it says they were released. I'm saying it was they're gone. Eliminated from the record. Completely. So how does that happen? Well, it was fake to begin with. If it's fake to begin with, it's easy to get rid of something. A lot of it's just in our mind. So that's where it all starts. You have to first understand none of it's real, and then and then understand, okay, so if it's not real, why does it look real? Here's why it looks real. You know, money looks real too, right? <laughs> it's not real. And you, you're not making it. You got a printing press? Are you making that stuff? No. No, you're you're working, and then you're getting paid in this form of paper or electronic uh, transaction where it drops these numbers into your account, and then you can use it. So if if you understand this. You can make a tremendous amount of money, never pay a dime of tax, and never have anyone harassing you about owing any taxes at all. Because yeah, you're doing everything legally. It's all right. legal. There's and that's nothing what I illegal. Thought this, I thought this number holders could be um, some way of further control other than being a name holder. I thought this would add some additional control, but... Um, well, all it's doing is it's explaining it's the 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 way attorneys are using that that term holder. 
to show that it's not your Social Security number. No, the number holder not. is the name. Right. It's not you. It's so you're the name holder, but you're not the number holder. Oh, it's the first the, last the, name. Yeah. Fictitious entity. Yeah. The first, names. first and last name is the holder of that number, and and they'll tell you that. And you, you act on behalf you. of the principal, and because the principal owns the uh, doesn't own it is the n- number holder with apostrophe s as the right. actor for it. Can you? somehow work that to your further control. Well, you, you, yeah, you're the card holder. Okay. I'm I'm the card holder, but that Social Security number isn't mine. And look, right here on the card, it says I have to return it if they ask for it back. So that's true I, can, too, I can prove I can prove that to anyone. I can show them the card. Hey, it says it right on here. It does say that plainly on there. Uh, yeah, but it if also they ask has, for it back, well, if, if they can ask for it back, then it sure as heck is it mine. They're just loaning it to me. Okay, I get what you're saying. So, so number holders um, doesn't don't go down there. There's nothing to well, further. Well, no, it's good. It's it's good that you found that because I've known about that for a long time. And when I brought it up though with them, I said, "So correct me if I'm wrong, but the number holder." is the first and last name, the cardholder, which is not me, and the cardholder is me. Cardholder is not We know who the parties are. It's just about acting for your principal and seeing that the apostrophe S, can something be done there to further control for the principal that number? If there's nothing, then okay, but that's what... Well, you're not really controlling that number, though. You're just using it to the benefit of the beneficiary. That's all it is. You're not controlling that number. You think you control that number? No, it's their number. They control it. They control it. You're now using the name properly. I think maybe the word control is a little too strong because how can you... control something you didn't create. The, you, can, you can have some influence on it, but if they decided, like, like I asked the state, I said, well, I didn't create it, you created it, and do you want it back? Do you want that name back? I'll give it back to you right now. You can have it back, but then you're going to have to pay me. See, because I've been using it. If you're claiming it's, my, it's mine and I can, I can give it back, then... You sold it to me. You're going to have to buy it back. Oh, well, we didn't sell it to you. We just sold you a copy of the certificate of life birth. Well, then how can it be mine? It cannot be mine. You didn't sell it to me. See? Yeah, That's control the only way is a strong word. Can, control is a strong I can, word. And I can take I, pos- yeah. possession of it. So, so in their minds, you have to own something to have possession of it and, and – Really, you don't have to own it. That name has to own it. And and so you're controlling and possessing the property of that name. You're not really controlling and possessing the name per se. You're just using it properly instead of misusing it. So I, I'm 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 kind of fine tuning the, the, the words that I'm using because really and truly 
We don't control that name. It's in their database. We use it. And, and of course, when we misuse it, they are the ones that are in control of that name to begin with, right? So they just say, okay, well, they don't have to explain to you you're misusing the name. They just punish you. And, and instead of the name benefiting, the system that created it benefits. See? Okay. I, I see the what you're saying. The producer. Uh, yeah. I just thought there was something that could be revealed um, using all this. Well, it is. Re it's revealing. It's very revealing. The number holder is the fictitious name. So what, it, what it's saying is that it owns that that number. Well, that would make sense because the state owns the name. The state owns both of them. So they're all owned by the state. None of them are ours. So, so see, in the instruction book, that one of the things I'm going to say is stop asking public uh, agents, a agencies, government actors, must not ask, what's your name? They must ask, what is the first and last name on this account? What's yeah. the first and last name associated with this account? Because that's all it is. It's an account mm -hmm. in their system. And, and they'll tell you that. When you get a letter from the IRS, they'll say, you have an account. Well, who set up the account? I didn't open that account. It's like, well, you have one. So the, the, they open the account for you when they assign that number to that name. <clears throat> that account oh. is, is there. When you assign that name, a, a, a social security number, now all they're waiting for for the tax return. Why do they call it a, a return? Does anyone know? They should be returning something to you. Well, yeah, they're, they're returning the taxes that you paid, that you gave. They're giving you back a little bit of the gift that you gave as, as a thank you. Geez, thanks for giving us this money, we're, we, we thank you, we're going to give you back a little portion of it. I think it was Rockefeller that said, I feel sorry for the IRS, so every once in a while I, I send them a check. But I don't pay income tax. I just send them a check as a gift. So, see, he's telling you the truth. He feels sorry for them because they have to go around begging people to pay them. He doesn't have to beg. They do. That's how they get paid. They're collectors. So he throws them a bone every once in a while. So I, the the thing, the point I'm making here is that they make jokes about this whole system, and th they're laughing at us. They're laughing at everyone that files and pays taxes. They're, people are just not aware of what they're doing. They're they're mindless. Their mindfulness is, is missing. So, any any other questions? That was thank you, Anna, for bringing that up. The you're you're right. You know the holder. You're right. There there's no definition name holder. There's also no definition in the regular dictionary for unoffendable. Why is that? Well, maybe we they, should ask Minnesota Secretary of State because it's on the certificate. There 
creating a term uh, name holder without uh, space. So it's a term they're using, and maybe it's a good idea, since a lot is hinged on name holder without a space, to find out from them because Does they haven't defined it. Well, here's the thing. You, you'll only find definitions in statutes. So it would have well, to they be used to provide uh, dictionaries for their well, words. Well, wait use. a minute. No, what I'm saying is it would have to be defined in the definitions in 333. It, and the reason it's not defined, I'll tell you why. Tell me. I'll tell you why. Because in their system, they cannot acknowledge a name holder because it's a man. They can't wow. acknowledge an attorney in fact because it's a man or a woman too. So this is this is why they have difficulty. When you go into a court and you're saying I'm the attorney in fact, they're gonna say, Well, wait a minute, how can you be the attorney in fact for someone that is you? Well that's not me. That's the whole point. Well, we can't accept that. Well you have to. Power of attorney is something that you have to accept not something that I'm asking you to approve. It's notarized. It's already been approved by a commissioned officer, a notary. Here it is. They have to accept it. So government employees may not want to accept it, but they don't have a choice. Government actors have to. You just have to know when they try to trick you when you're being tricked. It's just like when when my friend Gail went to, to surrender a, an ID, they punch a hole in it in the card, they give a copy of the of the surrender form stamp showing that they've received the, the ID, and then she hands it back to Gail. It's like, wait a minute. She just gave that to you. She surrendered it, which means to give up, and you're handing it back. And the, so do we have a duty to ask even if they don't define it? What would happen if we – if do we have a duty to ask these things as a responsible um, man, woman doing contract? They've provided a term. I understand why they don't have it in 333, but is it our duty to ask, to close uh, – to put closure to an agreement on a certificate? What would happen if we ask? Well, first of all, if you're a man or a woman, um, well, you're going to ask on you, behalf, acting for your principal. I, I understand. Well, the, you're you're referring to the power of attorney, but yes. but see the the power of attorney. Like when I when I created that business, Tesla Energy Asset Management, I uploaded the power of attorney form, and and I think now with reference to that name, the power of attorney should be uh, uploaded with the registration of any legal name. And the reason is, is because that power of attorney is linked to that name holder. And, and the power of attorney form is what shows that link. With reference to the social security number, that, remember, that's tied to benefits. It's Even only without a definition, you can have all the power of attorney, but there's no closure on a definition, so but there's just but wait, ro room wait. for interpretation. What you're talking about, no, there isn't. There is no interpretation. 
it's either for benefits or for tax purposes. If you try to use it for both, you're going to run into problems. That's where it gets really complicated. So when you register the name and you use it properly, it's all benefits. All. I agree to that. I agree to that. Yeah. But I'm just so, being very narrow here and with being very specific that without understanding a term that a lot of weight is being put on, that you control this, uh, your name holder, um, I think that that's, there's no closure and understanding to what this certificate uh, suggests. So if well, we ask for definition, that, it could only clarify Yeah, but, but here's the thing. The definitions are only for their world. The name holder's not in their world. You're not in their realm. But the principle is, and you're asked, the acting on behalf. Is, yeah, but, but the, there's no terminology of principle used in the assumed name certificate. It's an assumed business name. That's why if, if they don't provide it, but if you ask, I think it's a good idea. Well, that's what the POA is for. Okay. The power of attorney has it all in there. So this is, this is, to answer your question, this is what I feel we need to do when, when we're registering any name. We have to have that POA uploaded, that document uploaded. And I I haven't had a problem. I I I, I did it with the uh, uh, with the the business. I didn't do it when I first when I initially um, registered the names. But the thing is, is that it does that mean that it it, it it's not applicable? No, it it is applicable. It's just that these are all things that we're seeing that are important to connect. Is that social security number, that tax identifier, important to connect to the assumed business name? It is when you're transacting business with the state. That is not a business transaction. As far as name holder goes, they will never acknowledge you as a name holder in any transactions. They can't. That's for us to use, us, us alone not them. So attorney, in fact, is the same way. They tried to act like they wouldn't acknowledge it at the bank, and then they said, oh, I guess we have to. So now you have to sign everything, attorney, in fact. Okay, no problem. That's what I want. So we, if, if we do it legally, we create it. But that bank that She'd been there over 10 years, she said, and she's never seen anything like this. And she's opened, she said, thousands of business accounts and never seen anything. She goes, I learned something new. So, so here, I, she goes, wow, that's a great way to start a business. She goes, you have no liability. If you're acting as the attorney, in fact, for the person who supposedly is the owner, <laughs> You have no liability, right? And I said, bingo. I didn't bother to explain to her that I'm not the principal. So she doesn't know that. But, but see, that's the reality of it. We're not the principal. So as long as we know we're not the principal, that power of attorney, if you look at how it's signed, 
down where it says notary, it says surname, given name. Well, I think we it's have the that. true principle, and the uh, the uh, DBA is uh, the debtor principle, or what other? It's other not a DBA. It's an assumed name certificate. Stop okay. calling it a DBA. Excuse me, Doug. It's assumed name yeah. certificate. Too that... many people misuse that name, DBA. It's not a DBA. A DBA is not a document. Correct. It's an acronym, noted. It's an acronym for doing business as. You don't see DBA anywhere on that document. So I'm just going to say stop using that term. That's partially my fault because it, 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 it's a verb. Doing business as is a verb. Assumed name certificate is a noun. It's a thing. So a DBA is not a thing. It's a, it's a thought, maybe, or an action. Excellent so, point, and I'm clear about that. Um, okay, so so now getting back to your question. So the see the using the the name properly is definitely tied to how we file that name, but it's more connected to what we think it is in our mind. Because we're the ones that give power to that name, not that document. It's us. It's how we're using it. It's also where, where our reaction, how we act and react to things, is predicated on how our understanding. And if we if we feel threatened, we may react in a different way than how we would react if we know there is no threat. When we know there's no threat, we're cool, calm, and collected. If we feel, uh-oh, there's a threat, all of a sudden that's when, when the, the cortisol kicks in. So you have to understand first, there is no threat. The threat is your, is, is your thinking that there's something to fear. There's nothing to fear. This is why I say the spiritual side of this thing, when it starts to turn physical, it's because they are losing the spiritual battle. Spiritual battle is is over your mind. That's what it is. It's, It's that fight in your mind to understand that, hey, all of this is in your control. You just have to stop screwing yourself. It's really easy. And a lot of people don't want to think of it, as being easy, but it is. It has to be easy. If it's difficult, it's not for us. I take it back to diet. You know, how how simple a diet is it to eat fruit? You pick it off a tree when it's ripe, you peel it, and you eat it. Sometimes you don't even have to peel it. And life doesn't get more simple than that. Cooking and, and all that, that's when you start complicating things. And that's part of commerce. Restaurants are all cooking. How many raw food restaurants are there? There's not very many. They call them delis. You know, that's that's their form of... So, anyway, this is all connected. It's all the same thing. If it's, if it's complicated, or if you're trying to complicate it, don't. Keep it simple. Because if, if it's complicated, it certainly isn't for us. This is a really simple thing, simple process, and it's it's actually very easy to write these letters. There, it doesn't have to be complicated at all. 
This is very simple. And and explaining to them the truth. Yeah, one time I thought I was I was kind of an idiot. I thought that name was me. Well, you know what? I, I, really I, I agree with all these things, but it seems like uh, what creates all our problems is legal words, and they have so many legal words with a billion definitions that you can spend the rest of your life trying to learn. Not and really. No, they don't. They they only have in each statute defined. Forget about black law. Each statute defines the word. So the reason why name holder is not defined is because they don't want you to even use that. When you use that name, they they're not they're not they have to acknowledge it. It's on their official paperwork. When you define it, there is no definition for name holder in as as one word. You can define name and you can define holder though. That's two different things, Doug. And and you can make a, a you can extrapolate from that, but that you're now trying to interpret a, 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 a word that's not even in their diction. That's but they use it on that form. That's how you know it's for us. And I, I believe that's, it is for us. We could say it's for us, but it well, it has for us to, no, not, it's not a belief. I know it is. That's how I know it is for us. That they well, didn't. Fact, it's on paper. It's it's on paper. But that... they didn't define it. That's what I'm saying. That's your clue that it's for us. Why would you ask them to define it if it's for closure? It's for, for contractual closure or some understanding for comprehension. But you're not. But a name holder has nothing to do with contract. Attorney, in, uh, in fact, does. I do see your subtle point. I, I see your point. Uh, um, Attor- attorney, in fact, is defined, by the way. Yes, I've looked that up, and, you know, it's a private attorney, basically. And so, it so many there hats. is an agreement, there's an agreement that the name holder has with the principal to appoint the attorney, in fact. So you're you're appointing yourself. Yes, of course. So guess what? That's what judges do. They appoint themselves as attorney in fact on your behalf when you admit that's you. That's what they're doing. They're appointing themselves as your attorney in fact. They're acting on your behalf. That's what's really happening in court. Unless you have an attorney. That makes it easier for the judge. Then the judge doesn't have to do it. I do see the beauty of the attorney. In fact, I've looked it up. Um, I'm going to further digest it. I love your durable power of attorney. In fact, um, I, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's a so crit- I do see all your points. Part. I just thought in contrast. Well, again, they're subtle points. Uh, I think I'd like to ask them. Do you think that would could get me into trouble by asking them a simple question about? No, you know, absolutely not. You want to you want to call and ask for Burt Black and just say. I would pose it to him this way. Why isn't name holder defined right. in the statute? Mm-hmm. Because the statutes define just about every other word that's used in there, but in name holder is not a very commonly used term. As a matter of fact, no other state uses that term. U.S. law defines it on uh, Google search. It, but that's federal. No other state uses that term. 
Yeah, that would be a good question. Well, I've checked every state. They do not use that term, name holder. They use registered owner, trade name owner. Um, It's always owner. It's never holder. So, so see, (laughs) that's an important thing right there. You don't want them, if it was name owner, that would not be good. We don't want to go there. That's why number holders with apostrophe S, name holder without a space, these are um, very significant in some way. So I don't want to get caught up in words that I'm... Yeah, the the chain you're talking to, though, see, a name can be associated with a man. We know that. A surname and a given name, right? That's the name holder. A number cannot. You can never assign a number. In other words, it's a name holder. It's not a number holder. The number that's holder... Why the first middle, I mean the first last, uh, that's the holder of the number. Of the name, right. So there's a chain there. You can't break that chain. It's I'm not trying to break the chain. I'm trying to act for the principal to benefit whatever number holder with apostrophe S could be, however it could be beneficial acting for the principal. Well, you can only act that way. See? Okay. That's, so when you understand that, you cannot act in a way that's detrimental. You can only act as attorney-in-fact in a way that's beneficial. Right. So if you if you act in a way that's not beneficial, that's outside the scope of what you can do as an attorney in fact. It's impossible for you to do anything that's harmful. You just have to act properly, right? <laughs> so if you stop acting like a man and you forget and you start acting like that person again, you know, all bets are off. But as long as you... A lot of this is just in our mind. It's our mindset and understanding. What's plain to me is that on Social Security website, they have number holders and the uh, first, last is that holder. Mm -hmm. If there's some beneficial um, act that I could do on behalf of my principal because they're saying, they're telling us, that first, last, is the holder of that number. Well, Social Security Administration is, not the Secretary of State. Well, uh, this is very confusing now because, yes, um, the first, last, by registering that being a name holder, you control the name. name. Yeah, but the Secretary of State issues a file number. That file number is what is associated with that name, not the Social Security number. Social Security number only comes into play for tax identification purposes. But the number holder is associated with the business name, the first, last name. It it is, but the first and last name was created by the same entity that that created the, the number. Right, and the so, people who created the, the first and last name associate a number, and by their website, 
they call it the number holders apostrophe S. Well, people don't create that. That is that is a creation of the state. The state is an entity. People you know don't I think, create. I think I'll have to further think about this and maybe um, ask. Yeah. That so question. so what what it is is see because you have to ask. You ask for it. They'll give it. They'll give it to you. But but first, they'll have, they have to ask you. If if you're if you have a baby, you can say I don't want that assigned to it. Okay. But I tell people, no, you want that name assigned to it. And then you immediately go and register it. Then you go to the the state vital records department and say, I registered the name properly. What do I do now? That's what I tell people that are having children born these days. Just follow all the rules and then say, okay, I, I registered the name and um, – now I need to know how do I notify Vital Records that this name has been registered with the Secretary of State. It's a different Secretary of State. You know, it's Minnesota, and I know the baby was born in California, so how do I get you to acknowledge that this is a registered entity now so that it can legally do business, transact business? Well, they, and send before them they've even entered it into their system, now they've got someone saying, how do I make sure that it's done properly? Once it's been done, now what we're trying to do is get them to correct the record. And I'm finding that, you know, that's, I'm in the midst of, of trying to, to get that all straightened out. I did a Public Records Act request to the State of California Director of Public Health asking for all copies of all data they have referencing this legal name that is the business that I control. And I sent the assumed name certificate and everything, and I said, this is for legal purposes. Um, I'm, I'm having difficulty because people seem to want to associate this, this all this data that's, on, that's associated with this first and last name. They want to associate it with me. And it's causing my business problems. So I need to know what do you have in your database that's causing these problems? Because I've got everything showing that it's I know it's not me and I've got every so they wrote me back and said, um, we're in receipt of your public record back request and we're gonna need more time. Because they, they, they have ten days to respond. So they responded that we're going to need more time. So they have up to 30 days. So that 30 days is up in like a week. Yeah, we're trying to do the same. And I noticed on the uh, small registration card of the birth certificate, on the bottom in small writing, it says that all records are, and certificates with an S, is uh, in the archive. And um, my sister called. To find out, it says, the full record of this birth has been carefully filed with the filed and is preserved in the archives of the state of Connecticut. So, right. um, anyway, we're trying to do the same thing. Let me ask you a last question, Doug. Um, when you uh, claim your car or you know, as private property. I'd like to know 
how to get to that pl- place where I can claim something's private property? Is it by just unregistering and removing power of attorney? Um, well, first of it, all, what, what, this word claim that you're using, yeah, I don't claim anything. I may file a claim on behalf of that name, but I never claim anything. You would have to prove that. So now I, I can prove that that vehicle is owned by the business, but I, I don't make any claims. Okay. I, I keep saying it the wrong way, and please try to see the essence of what I'm asking. Um, so claim is not the right word. Um, I'm trying to get to private property where you put, uh, you know, this tag on your car. How about prove ownership? You want okay, how, prove how do you own- prove ownership? Is that what you mean? Prove it's private property. Do you, you put a sign on the back of it where where the public plate used to be? You put a private property plate on there. There are no steps you need to do before. Like uh, I'm. Um, well, let me let me ask you. Let me ask you. How did you prove that it was your car to begin with? Well, I don't have a car, but I do have a, a condo. And okay, but we're, let's just say for 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 purposes of of ex- explanation. Okay, so you have a car. You want to prove it's yours, so you go down and you register that car. You title it and register it. You, well, you just you, gave it away, so that's you put stupid. you put the title, you put the the name of the registered owner on the title. Well, the title at the top of the title is the owner of whatever that is. And it, you'll notice that it's on security paper just like a certificate of life birth. So the, the the state of California or the state of Connecticut, whatever is at the top, that's the owner of whatever that property is. So what you have to do is somehow evidence the fact that that property, because it's expired, it's an annual contract where you're giving them that property on an annual basis and asking to use it. So when you stop wanting to be a customer, it's like any other business. They're going to say, well, why? What, what, why, what did we do wrong? Why are we losing you as a customer? Are you not driving in the state of California anymore? No, I, it's just that I realized that I don't really want to be registering property that's business property with the state anymore because the state takes ownership of it, and I don't think that's a very good idea. So it's private property. I'm not using that public plate anymore. It's private property, so I just have my own plate that I put on there that says private property to let you guys know. Up front, I'm doing you a favor. I'm letting you know this is private property. It's not so you don't have property. to unregister it because it's, they renew it every year. But with a well, deed, they don't ask no, for a renewal. There's no way to unregister anything. Oh. You can request that they – you can surrender the, the title. So you can send the title to them and say, I'm surrendering this title and giving it back to the state. But they're not going to take it out of their system. Well, what I noticed is that in my closing documents, which um, I see a registration card 
that I mistakenly and rushed and by rushing me, I now look back and I see that I um, made a mistake. So I one cannot one can enter registration, but one cannot cancel it. That sounds like I have no power. Well, it's a matter of you're you're giving them information to put in their database. Who owns that database? They do. Did someone put a gun to your head saying you had to do it? No. So when you put it in there, like I said, you didn't know what you were doing. So the best thing you can do is just give it back and say, I made a mistake. If any um, damages result from the misuse of information that I mistakenly gave to the DMV, the director will be held personally liable for any of those damages. And leave it at that. It's up to them. You want to leave it in there? If any damages occur, the director is going to get the charges subrogated. So this is the only this is the way you hold them in check because the director can go right in there. I guarantee you, they have the power to take any of that information out of there. Right. And in your research, Doug, um, what I found out specifically to deeds with not cars, but with deeds, there's a difference between um, registrations one there's a land registration and if you just keep doing with you know registering it in this other register but not the land register well the registry for for land yeah is is the the tax roll and they use a parcel number and when when you buy property and it's identified in the legal description using that parcel number they created that parcel number just like right, they created the social security number so they're attaching that parcel number to that parcel. But I'm just doing business with the wrong party is what I'm trying to say, that there's other registers, which is, if I can say, the uh, the proper register that would correct it. That's what I'm asking. I believe there are well, different registers. The, the, the answer to that, in my opinion, is right in the tax roll. Because there's only one. There's only one tax collector, right? And they have two. They have two columns. One's taxable. One's non-taxable. Right, but see, by doing business with the collector, I think there's another register for real land. And once you properly register there, I think it cancels out because I will no longer be doing business with. There them. is no. There. There is no such thing. There's two columns, non-taxable and taxable. If you're tax-exempt, you're in the non-taxable column. So when you're a sole proprietorship is in the non-taxable column. A limited liability company is in the non-taxable column. Personal income is not in a non-taxable column. If you have any personal income, you're subject to income tax. So once you establish there's no personal income, you know, I'm not subject to any of that. So what you have to do is establish that that property is not taxable. So how do you do that? How do you get them to move it from the taxable column to the non-taxable column with, without having to form some kind of a non-profit corporation or something like that. that register the name. Register the ANC. 
Well, but that alone doesn't move it. Well, as now, I look through the site, the instructions are jumping through a million hoops. No. No. Okay. No, no. The, the, who's, who's ultimately in charge? I'd like to think it's me. <laughs> no, the tax collector is in charge of that database. That's CEO. So you hold that person liable. You say, listen, I didn't create this parcel number. You assigned it to this piece of land my business owned. There's no contract between my business and your agency that I can find that says I have to pay this income tax or this property tax you're saying. Move it into the exempt column or expect to receive a summons and complaint and you'll have to put it in writing. And it'll be your person. So don't even bother looking at the codes and the hoops. Just write them the letter. No, yeah, don't. Yeah, what for? Just right. tell them. Listen, your person is going to be held liable unless you can produce a contract. If you've got a contract you can produce between my business, which is which is identified in the paperwork that that you have, the business that owns this property, I should say, not my business. The business that owns this property, if you can find the contract between the business that owns this property, which I control and have a fiduciary obligation to, and your agency, then I'll consider, you know, well, I think you may time. respond by saying that um, they have a, a registration that I gave them that I never canceled, and I gave them um, some... Registration... Are you saying that's a contract? Um, it's unilateral. It's something I did in Arrow that gave them the information to put in their system. What I see the beauty of what you're saying. If what I write registration? Them, what it's registration? A, it's a registration card to uh, receive tax bills and a, a, an 8821, which is a power of attorney. I have no idea what that card is. It, 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 it must, must be something that's... It literally just—it's it's literally just says that um, this is where you send me a tax bill. Oh, you—you you had to sign something at close of escrow. You signed something, and they sent that to you. Correct. So you—you you requested that when you bought the property. You asked for that to be sent. Well, I didn't so ask for it. The attorneys put it in front of me, and I trusted them to do the right thing by me, and I just find out that I've just followed the wrong person, trusted the wrong people. So I want to undo it by canceling the registration card. And no, you asked for it. You signed something that you didn't know you were signing. Correct. But you asked for it. Whether you read it completely and understood it is irrelevant. That's not their obligation to teach you. It's my so fault, Doug. To, yeah, so to, to fix it, what I'm saying is, you just have to squeeze, apply pressure in the proper place because it was never disclosed to you that, that you were supposed to do it a different way. So now that you, you know, who do you squeeze? You squeeze the executive who can make that change because nobody below him can do that. And I like the letter you just suggested to me. Along with that letter, I just think it's a good idea, and that's what I'm asking you to confirm. Since I did, it was my era that I sign something I didn't read because they rush you at closing. This is their tactics. So I fell into the trap. Should I send this letter, as you suggest, to the CEO and cancel this registration card? Well, and before, before you, 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 you use that as an explanation, 
how did you sign it? Uh, with first the, and last name. Yes, by mistake. That, it's not a valid signature. Better. It's not a valid signature. No. So anything that was signed with a first and last name is not a valid signature. Why do you think that when they have you sign something, it it can end up in you getting in trouble? They'll use that signature against you. Because you're so you're one with not the person. Valid, it's not a valid signature. You're claiming to be that person. That's why you're signing it that way. But they'll use it against you. If you sign it the proper way, they can't use that name against you. If you sign it surname, comma, given name, you know it's a surname, given name. It's not the first and last name. Then it can't be used against you. They can try, but you've got all the paperwork to back it up. Right. This is why I tell people, if, if the bank gives you a hard time, and is you're trying to open an account, and they're saying, well, you're the, you know, this is you, your name. Don't fight with them. Don't argue with them. That's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, you, all you want to do is open the account, sign everything, surname, comma, given name. They will never give you a hard time about that. If you put attorney in fact, they may give you a hard time. And and so I I am going to open another bank account somewhere else using the power of attorney. I want to see if I can do it and and not have them. I did it using a, a, a third-party name that I just created. But using that first and last name and all those same documents, the assumed name certificate, along with the power of attorney, I want to see if, if I can get it done. I should be able to. It's all business. See, when, when you come to the table with it just being business, even though they see that it's kind of like exposing the whole thing is fake, they still will do business with you. They'll still go ahead. They'll just kind of ignore the other parts because it doesn't really make sense to them. So, But you're not doing anything illegal. And, no. and as long as, as you maintain that, you cannot get in trouble for doing any of, of these things that, that I'm suggesting. You can't. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. It's only when you're misusing that name that you can get in trouble. And, and it, it, like I said, the nexus, even for the taxes, is the driver's license. Even the IRS keeps track of driver's license. They have, they have a... a uh, a part in their fields that, where they put driver's license information in. It just automatically merges. Because the social security number is tied to the driver's license. So any national registry is, is going to have the first and last name, social security number, and driver's license number. And, and last known residence for that name. So that information is what, when you do a search in Google, all those, those search companies, they all subscribe. Talk about Facebook selling data. The government does the same thing. They sell data all the time. And then, and then the companies who buy the data, they'll turn around and charge you to obtain it. So you can get a 
you can get information on just about anyone. And and you if you know the right people, you can get social security numbers attached to names that were gleaned from websites, some of them government websites or or a credit card companies. <laughs> that where 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 all that information has been gleaned, and then people are using it to create fake ID. So you so, just said you're opening an account and you're creating another identity, you said, or another entity? Another no, name? no, I created a name, Tesla Energy Asset Management, T-E-A-M, T. That's the name of the business that I created, filed an assumed name certificate in the morning, got all that paperwork, went down to the bank that same day and opened the business account. She was like, wow, you just did this this morning. And I said, yep, I sure did. Isn't the Internet fabulous? Yep. And, and you know, so the, the whole thing here is that it's so simple. I'm saying it, it's like people think creating a business is different. No, it's really simple. And so you can call it whatever you want. When you go into the bank, it's, if, you're, if you're using that name, that first and last name in any way, and it's a business you're creating, it's going to be a sole proprietorship unless you have partners. Then it's going to be a limited liability company, and you're going to want to have some kind of – they don't call them articles of incorporation. They're just articles. So they're articles of the limited liability company that – identify the partners and how money is going to be handled. And that's all the bank wants. And then there would be power of attorneys. That is a little more complicated, but if you just want to start a business name that is separating you from that, that first and last name is still going to be associated with that business. So Tesla Asset Energy Asset Management it's still associated with Douglas Joseph Herrick. Douglas Joseph Herrick is listed as the account holder, but that's not me. I'm the attorney, in fact, that's acting on behalf of that account holder. So, so yeah, just to um, comment on one of the things you said earlier about the service of process. So if you properly uh, respond um, decline or accept or and write a response that's correct, you are just either doing two things. You're either creating joinder with the person or you're creating a clear separation. Respond to what? To a service of process when they try well, to... Well, you would never respond. Uh-huh. You're talking about something in the mail? Something in the mail or I'm afraid that you they You would may... never accept it. You would refuse of course. it. Of course. That's what I am saying as well. But, can't but you would start? never open it is what I'm saying. You're yes, talking about responding to it. They have to try to serve you in person first. Okay, right, so, so when they knock on your the door. magic number. Okay, this is the way the rules work. This is the rule of law. Okay, they have to try three times to personally serve you. Well, the first time they try to serve you, you don't try to avoid these people, see? You walk right up to them. You look at you looking for someone? Yeah, are you Doug Herrick? No. I know what it is, though. Well, you got business with Doug Herrick? Well, yeah, I'm looking for him. I'm trying to serve him. You're trying to serve 
Douglas Turk. Okay, hang on one second. I go in the house, get the get the all the the paperwork and bring it out. Say, Doug Herrick is a business, but there's no registered process server. You you're gonna have to. I'm the attorney, in fact, that can act on behalf of this person. But you're trying to personally serve this business. I don't know that you can do that. Because I'm not Doug Herrick, and I'm not a registered agent for Doug Herrick, because Doug Herrick's not a corporation. It's just a business entity. But I can give you copies of all this stuff, and hopefully you can try to get to the bottom of this, try to find out who they're trying to sue. So what you're trying to say is that unless the the, um, mail or uh, service of process has the surname given name, you should not accept it, period. No, they they can't. <laughs> okay, so so if you understand, are you a paralegal by any chance? No. Okay, so so the 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 thing is, they can't serve anything other than a first and last name. Are you Douglas Herrick? They don't say, "Are you Herrick, comma Douglas?" No, they always say, "Are you Douglas Herrick?" No, right. I'm not. I think if we're I saying the was, same I thing in a different way. I think we're saying I the same thing in a different way. They can't serve the real man. They can only send you mail with the first and last. They can't serve a man, period. Right. So I agree with that. And There's I'm no trying to say that. There's no thing as a real or unreal man. There's only one thing. There's a man. Right. There's, and anything, if you add anything to the man, the word man, it's not a man. Right. Don't use right. the word real man. There, right. There's a man. A man is a man. If, right. you, if you want to say it's a natural man, nope, that's not a man then. Right. right. There's only a man. There, these words, see, I think one of the things that we are, are, are training our minds to do when we misuse words is it, it, it's training our minds to stay trapped in that, in that realm. And we want to free ourselves from that. So the further you can separate yourself from any of the state creation, the better. So, but you, in order to control it, you have to follow the rules. So just make sure you follow the rules that, that are for us. See, there's only a few rules for us. Register that name properly and make sure you've got a way to, to defend that name as an attorney in fact. Those are the only two things you've got to know and, and do. Everything else is it's elementary. So, so everything is private property. You have to make something that, that may be misconstrued to be public property, and of course that would be a vehicle. Because what other things do they license and, and try to say you have to pay a tax on? Now, they try to do that with businesses. I remember when I, when I, I had a shop, mortgage shop, the city... Some city auditor came in and said, hey, you know, we haven't seen any business taxes from your business. And I said, yeah, well, what's the deal? Well, all this equipment here, you have to determine the value of the equipment in your office, and then you pay a tax on it. I'm thinking, what? What? What for? Why am I paying a tax on the equipment that is owned by the business anyway? What? What, what is the city... It's like, well, it's for the, the, the pleasure of the 
being able to do business in the city. So I'm like, what? I've never heard of that. So I start looking, and under corporate law, you're exempt. So I just pulled the corporate card and said, well, this is just the DBA. The parent company is Realty Mortgage Corp, and it's a corporation. So I'm exempt. <laughs> and the guy went away, and I never saw him again. That's all I did. And and I showed him the law, though. I said, right here, it says, exempt from local business taxes. And it was because it's a corporation, it's a banking corporation, the banking law. So the banks made the law to protect themselves. So it was a corporate mortgage company, so it's a bank, basically, falling under those guidelines, those corporate guidelines, and, I, and the guy never came back, and I don't know of anyone that got out of that tax. Everyone I, I know that had businesses like a brick and mortar, they had to pay that, but I didn't. I let never get, did. Let me ask you this last question, and let me give someone else a chance, and thank you. Going back to the, um, the IRA account, cashing them out, and there should be no um because i the account is opened and i didn't know that there was uh you know in brokerage or these ira accounts that it's personal or business and to make them all business so now that i'm trying to clean all that up um as i close them out because i it's set up incorrectly somehow somewhere maybe uh, they want to charge me something. Um, who, who wants to charge you something? Um, the the uh, brokerage house. The institution. Yeah. Well, that would be in the contract between the the contract that was initially set up. You'd have yeah, to well, pull out your, your your brokerage agreement. Right, and it's all power of attorney. You know, they have use of my name. I'm just basically, you know. So if it's in there that if you make a mistake, they can charge you, then that's the way it is. That's the contract. So, but but they normally, they they don't ding you if you made a mistake and it was unintentional and it doesn't harm them. See, they only care if it harms them. They don't well, want the IRS coming after them, so they just have you sign something saying you're exempt. You don't take anything out. Simple. Well, one of the big rules about 401 and IRA accounts, retirement accounts, is that if well, you're not at retirement age... 401ks are different than IRAs, though. They're totally different. Right. And so whatever the, differences, whatever the differences are, if you're not at retirement age, they want to charge you something for closing the account. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. They're going to ask you. If they wanted to charge you, they wouldn't ask you. They would just take it. Okay. I'll look through my contract and look for that. Yeah. They don't want to charge you. They ask you the question. It's a a way of looking at things. All they're doing is there's this open door. They're saying you can walk through it and take that money with you. But before you do, do you owe any taxes? Because if 
if you do, and we find out later, you may have to pay more. That's all they say. And so most people, they're all worried about, oh, my God, I might have to pay more. I better pay now. Well, my DBA, uh, I'm sorry, the ANC was just filed, you know, um, after. It doesn't matter when it was filed. It's it, okay. it, anytime there's not full disclosure, and, and this goes back to the certificate of live birth. Are they given a, an instruction packet on how to use that product? No, they didn't tell you. So there is no statute of limitations. This goes back to day one, day you were born. Anything, any mistake you made has to be corrected. Has to be. Not should be. It has to be. Okay. It's just a matter of how you handle it now. And that's so so now if the IRS has to pay everyone back every penny they paid in, they're not going to be around very long. That's <laughs> the bottom line. They're going to have to. So they won't exist. I know the whole thing's going to implode because they there's no way to get around this. They cannot. If once people figure this out, they're just going to stop paying income tax. People who pay otherwise, the people who pay income tax are just going to be considered idiots. They're going to be stupid. Everyone's going to look at them and go, "What are you a moron?" It's going to be the exact opposite of what it is now. What you don't have a driver's license? What are you, you know, an idiot? It's going to turn around. Everyone's going to say, well, you still have a driver's license? Are you a moron? <laughs> it's going to turn. I'm telling you, it's all going to change. Music but to my it, ears. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's just that when, when social pressure starts to take hold, nobody's going to want to have that shit anymore. No one's going to want to have a driver's license. No one's going to want to have a, a license plate because they realize that they're, they're going to be singled out as idiots. What are you, an idiot? You're paying for something that's free? Everything's free. We're finding out everything's free, by the way. If you haven't figured that out, yeah. everything's free. Yeah. They told you everything has a price to be paid? Uh-uh. Everything's free. Right. Money is, is, is all pie in the sky. There, there, nothing costs anything. It's all free. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that that I'm not saying that because it's free, it's free for all. Like everyone could just grab, run and grab it. No, that that that's what they're kind of trying to create—a thing where where everyone starts grabbing for things because they think that there's not going to be enough. So they're trying to start this these, these small little confrontations that will hopefully build into one massive war. They want another war, obviously, especially now. They're doing everything they can. I just laugh at everything that, that I see. It's obvious what they're doing. It's, it, and I say they. It's, it's this group, small group, very small group of people that are behind this. And they're terrified now. I guarantee you they're terrified. They don't know what to do. They're, they're in hiding. They don't want people to know who they are. The people that are out in the, the, the spotlight, those people are just puppets. They're all puppets. And, and, and of course, they're, they're just going along with the program because they're benefiting from it. So, yeah. I, it, you, can't, you can't have any animosity towards any of these people 
Trump or or Clinton or any of these people, they're they're actually screwing themselves. All this is going to come back on them. I don't really have, you know, a, a, a positive or negative opinion on any of this. It's all the joke. It's all fake. The the sad part is that there are people that are suffering as a result, and some of them are children. That yeah. that part is the only thing that that keeps me doing what I'm doing because that has to stop. But it's not going to stop by us forcing them. It's going to be by us stopping the things we're doing. It's not going to be by force. We just have to stop doing these things. Once we we correct ourselves and correctly do things. Right. Stop standing in line. That's stupid. Stop, you know, it, I'm not saying stop going to work. Well, people just don't know. People figure don't this know out. What. File the W-4 properly. Stop having them take the taxes out of your and start acting like a man and a woman should act. Well, that's a simple stop statement. Stop acting but like an employee. You act no like one, an employee, they're going to treat you like one. No one thinks anymore. No one has time to think. That is the control system. No one has time to think. Well, they're thinking too much is what it is. They're thinking about things that aren't important. And and so this is why I say, you know, keep it simple because we think way too much. It's the opposite of what you just said, actually. What is meditation? It's the art of not thinking. And who has when time you to can meditate? Master, <laughs> when you can master that, your life becomes much easier. Right, but when you're raising kids and have a full-time job and try to have a life and have some joy, where's the time to meditate is my point. Well, yeah, but but a lot of these things that we've got ourselves and our children tied up in that are taking time away from the things we should be doing, we shouldn't be doing to begin with. Exactly. We're still still having to take responsibility. It's just a matter of us – not having been taught the right way to do it. And I think in, at one time we did have it right, but that was a long time ago. And and over, over time, uh, technology is what has created, that's why we've seen this huge, huge move since like the 70s when they really started using the Federal Reserve to, to um, create inflation so they created all this wealth, but it's all it's all false wealth. It's not real. It, it, they removed the, us from the land and nature. I think that's where it all is goes downhill. Oh, yeah. We're abundant. Yeah. Nature is abundant. Yeah, there's more than enough for everyone, uh, and we're led to believe there isn't. There's more than enough. Yeah. What, what what happens? Just the natural way that things occur in nature is that when Mother Earth Earth gets to the point where it can't sustain the life, it gets rid of the life. But it still is here. So so what what's happening now is we're killing ourselves with our diets and with our lifestyle. That's got to change. Otherwise, we're going to go the other way. We're, instead of ex- extending our lives, we're going to shorten them. But there's people that have been living 150, 160 years old all my lifetime. It's just they're not telling us about them. 
they're out there. They're out there. The, the Hunzas, they're up in the, the, the mountains of Pakistan where they were searching for someone who was already dead. Osama bin Laden, you know, had kidney disease and died. He, he was dead long before that. The people that live up in those mountains, they, they're the people that have the right lifestyle, the, right. the, the balanced lifestyle. They eat mostly apricots. They eat a little bit of, of uh, uh, goat cheese. That's about the only protein they get that's uh, animal-based. Right. Our and capacity the, is almost like um, a miracle to us today when our true capacity, if we live according to nature, um, which is not cooked food um, and you know not being stressed 24-7 because your job demands it of you, and to pay, get the paycheck, uh, you're going against yourself. And when you go against yourself, you're going downhill. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, listen, yeah. Doug, we're, I'm going to give someone else an opportunity. I really want to thank you. I'm going to digest uh, what it, um, I've learned today. And um, thank you for everything you do. You bet. You bet. All right. Well, it's it's 1230, so we've been going now for over three hours. That's. I think that's long enough, unless there's... Uh, any other questions that I can answer? Hey, Doug. Can you I have one. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh. Who, whoever said okay. I have one? Hi, Doug. Um, so uh, where will I find the information on filing the W-4 correctly? Because I've been working for myself for so long because I couldn't get anyone to – uh, accept the exempt status of the W-4, or even if they did, they 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 didn't. You know, they, that job ended very suddenly afterwards, right? Because they didn't want to deal with it. You know. Um. Yeah, yeah, that happened to me at the bank when I did that at the bank. Um, it didn't happen until after two years, though. It was only oh, when yeah? they got they got a letter. From the IRS mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, this this bank employee." That's when I stopped being working for a bank. I went off on my own, like you did. So, right. um, but, but okay, you know, there's so, some very harsh seasons during you know during downtime, like five months right. out of the year. My business doesn't like to, you know, make money. So during those times, it'd be nice to just go. I don't know, do something different. But they want a W two W fours. They want everything, you know. Well, even they, even if you're uh, quote unquote in in a, a self-employed category, they still want you to do these quarterly installment things. Yeah, which, I just don't do it. it. Yeah, there's well, there's the easy solution to that. There's no reporting requirements for a sole proprietorship. That's why I say this is for us. The sole uh-huh. proprietorship is for us. The sole proprietor is the state. They created the name. They're the sole proprietor. Oh, okay, okay. They're yeah, I, I really got to get into yeah. this. They're giving us the, 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 the business name and the tools to do business in their game. They're giving us the, the game token. And and they're they're giving us even some seed money. <clears throat> really? So it's just like at the start of the Monopoly game, everyone gets some money to start with. <clears throat> You're, you get some money to start with. They're, they're benefits. <clears throat> that are designed to get you on your feet. That's what Social Security Administration was created for, to get people on their feet after the bankruptcy. 
and after the, oh. the depression. Well, okay, so what has it turned into though? See, so the W so W four, <clears throat> by the way, is a term that it's it's a filing term <clears throat> for a W two employee. A W two employee is a federal employee. Whether you oh, okay. are working for the federal and govern, government or not, you are filing that form as a federal employee. That first right. and last name, they own it. You're employed if you're right. claiming to, to be that name. They're, they're your employer, okay? So that's why they can tell you what to do, right, if you claim to okay. be that name. What, right. what they read the law, it says the W-4 has to be filed every year. February right. by February first, employers don't tell you that, and 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 there's a reason, because if you don't file it, they will do it for you, and they'll put the maximum number of exemptions, so or or the I forget what it is. It's the, the, I think it's the, where they take it's the least amount of exemptions, so they right. take the most out. So right. they, they will do that for you. So but if you go to them and you tell them. This is a sole proprietorship. It's tax exempt. I filed this paperwork as a means to provide evidence to your agency that there's no personal income tax liability. And okay. so when you file that and you sign it as the attorney in fact, I've, I've not known of anyone that have had any problems thus far. And the employer okay. shouldn't care. They should not well, care as long they as they're not by the IRS, and they don't. They will tell you that we don't care. We yeah. just don't want them sniffing around. We right. don't like them sniffing around. So that's why I say that's when you take control of that and you you approach the tax authorities and you tell them. Mm-hmm. So if it's if you're an independent contractor, it's a W nine. That's different. Right. So you're, right. you're you're basically just telling them don't. Don't take anything out. I'll take care of those uh, any um, income tax liability if there is. Right. Right. So. And that that's what I do in the summers and stuff when business falls off is work a different business. It's all W nine. Okay. So so when your your W two income, all it is is the they're asking for the first and last name, mm-hmm. the top. The, the right columns, you just put zero until the, then it says if you feel you don't have a, and you use the formula or whatever, and you don't have a personal tax liability, write exempt in here. It's interesting that they make you write the word exempt in there. So right. that there's no mistake, right? You know you're, it's not just checking a box. Right. <laughs> First exempt. And then you sign at the bottom, Surname, comma, given name as attorney in fact for principal. If the employer says, well, what's this? You then hand them the power of attorney. Okay. That's that's it. And you say, this is what protects you as the employer. Right here. Okay. Power of attorney. I'm doing everything legally. It's exempt. It's a sole proprietorship. There's no tax liability. You're out of it. The employer has no obligation. Now, as far as the FICA, which is insurance, I haven't been able to to 
to get around that one yet. Um, I'm dealing with the IRS. They don't respond on it. I went to the Social Security Administration. They're the ones who told me you got to go to the IRS. And I said, why? And they said, because they created the legislation that created this. They said they created us. Hmm. They created the Social Security Administration, they said. And then they said, and they created that FICA tax. That's a tax. I said, okay, I understand that. So they said, if you want that to go away, you're going to have to go to them. Interesting. Just just like you go to them to get rid of the, the, the other tax, right? You go yeah. to them and you file the W W four. Say don't take state or federal tax out. So you have to go to them. I just haven't figured out how how to eliminate that because they're mm-hmm. saying, well, that's that's to collect for benefits of that person that's receiving the income that isn't paying any taxes, any income tax. So okay, so if if I, if I wanted to start from scratch on this and maybe walk me through this, do you have a program? Do you have a book? What do we do? I don't. I don't. I don't have a book. I don't have any of that. This this is something that I'm I'm trying to put together. You know, I only discovered this. I started searching um, specifically in 2013 uh, wow. for information about registering the legal name. And even though, you know, I've been on this journey since like 96, 2013 is when I first discovered, 2014 is when I discovered the Minnesota assumed name certificate. So it's still... still, You made me feel a little bit better because I thought, man, if you just started this journey in 2013 and you're this far along, I feel really bad because I started in 99. (laughs) Well, hello, may may I answer this? Yeah, I only discovered that the 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 le- I knew the legal name was an issue, but I mm-hmm. never saw what I what I see now until right. it's like 2013 when I started to focus on that. And and so we've come a long way, and mm-hmm. and with the help of people like Don and Gene and Tracy, who who have been using this in conjunction with the power of attorney. They they also have some other things that that I have I I really have not used the um mm-hmm. oh it's a statement of de- uh declaration statement. And mm-hmm. and the declaration statement is really nothing more than just an explanation of what you're doing. It really yeah. is. And right. and so I think now that we have, as long as we simplify it we don't need to make a declaration. The the business paperwork makes that declaration for us. It's a matter mm-hmm. of simplifying it to the point where where we have it down, where we never even have to explain it anymore. There's no reason to have to explain it. It was only when we were doing something wrong that we kept having to feel this need to explain it. Right. Do we, Hello, host. do we have an obligation to teach them? Heck no. No more no. than they have an obligation to teach us. Correct. So, uh, you know, I'll give them one warning, and then it's like, okay, I warned you. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. Hello, so, may I yeah. answer this? Go ahead. Any, what? What was that? Oh, I, I, I was wanting to know if I could uh, add to this and uh, contribute. 
Sure, sure. Speak up. Okay, my my name is the uh, character on the chat known as Roddy Roddy K. Uh, are you the uh, host, uh, Douglas of Avalon? Yes, that's me. Well, it, it's good to hear you. I saw that it's new, and I've been listening on the uh, uh, iPhone app. It's kind of uh, anonymous, unless you can see the uh, live pro. Or you're using the live pro, you can see the stream. Oh, uh, uh, really? A lot, a lot, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good uh, discussion there. Uh, I would like to say someone who I uh, find highly credible due to their research material is, first of all, no, I'm not promoting this fellow, but if I was, I, I, he would be the one to recommend. But are you familiar with LostHorizons.com? I cannot say that I am, but what, what is it that, uh, that they're talking about? That D- Douglas of uh, Avalon? If you go to Lost, it's all one word, LostHorizons.com, and you type right. in the search. There's a search engine and site map at the top. If you type in the search, you can type in W9's withholding agent. It lays it out so superbly. He overkills it of what the scheme is and the paperwork, the W4s, the W9, the presumption that's created with these with this paperwork that presumption. Hang on, uh, hang on with your question. Let let me let me talk to him first. So it's lost. You're saying it's LostHorizons.net. Uh, LostHorizons.com. Oh, dot. And com. just use it. Anything you have a question about, use the search engine. He's got a site map. He, he lays it out to the point. It's it's just a beatdown of the Internal Revenue Service. Yeah, but but, but like now, what is what is yeah. he? What what claim is he making with reference to that legal name? Not claim. That's not the right word. What I don't is, think what, he goes into the legal name. He merely goes about how it's when when these companies or business owners who may have no nexus with the federal well, government. Well, you know that website. Kind of when I typed in, well, hang on. I just yes, typed in that website, and it redirected me a different website that is called image marketing imagemarket.inc.com okay let me let me spell this out because maybe a, a web browser it's l o s t h o r i z o n s.com but he doesn't go into the uh, doing business as legal name thing but he shows how the paperwork creates the presumption even though you okay, may not be a taxpayer or whatever. I was okay, I was missing the F. Now I see it. Yes, sir. It, the W nine and all those are for certain entities. It may not be you. You know what I mean? So he he, he just type and use the search engine that he has in there. And any question you have about paperwork, uh, internal revenue stuff, just lays it out. Connections, sites, statutes, everything. And it's all done with these ignorant companies that get these letters from the Internal Revenue Service because you created a business. Here's our definitions. Don't look at them. But just we want you to get somebody's signature in and Social Security number on this W-9 or W-4, and we'll take it from there. Just don't look at the definitions. Don't look at the statute. And it creates a presumption. So when the taxpayer is the company or the withholding agent sends these payment reports about what your connection to the to the business, the employer-employee relationship, it should be private. Unless certain, you know, regulations apply, 
that creates the presumption. That's all they're going on. So it's all yeah, yeah. I I would have to look a little bit more at this, but um, a lot of these things I found to be traps. Um, because see, what he's talking about is a hundred percent refunds. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, if there's that's a what refund, he, that's, that's what he used. That, that means you're paying that's, in. That's what and, he's. He, he he lays it out. There's more to to research, but that's not what it's about. Is how to get a hundred percent refund? It's more about you identifying. Well, that's what he has. He has right. On. Yeah. Right at the beginning, this is his whole foundation. He's saying you get a hundred percent refund. I, I see it's like, I see it like four or five times in the first couple of paragraphs. So that might be. Just I, a I catch, think what he's saying. He's got it. He's got it all in this color stuff. I'm just telling you, my experience has been seeing things like this. This is a trap. It's a well, trap. See, that's what, I, these, that's what I was trying these, to notice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. And I'm not. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just telling you, my experience has been that when I see things like this, especially like the very first, the very first thing up at the top here for. Um, uh, testimonials. It says, your book is a masterpiece. Michael Carver, J.D. Juris Doctor, an attorney, is telling you, him it's a masterpiece? Are you kidding me? They would oh, not I agree. survive. I, they would not survive without, without some kind of controversy. So I'm going to tell you right oh, I now, totally, totally this, agree is with you. this is a trap. I don't even have I, to read it further. This is a trap. Anyone listening to this, if you go to this this internet site, beware. I'm going to tell you right now. He's asking for a donation at the bottom too. This is a trap. No, you're correct. You're correct on the beware of everything, of course. But what I was suggesting is don't discredit. I, I, I don't even have to. I don't even have to go any further with this stuff. This is a, a total trap. I would not even read. I wouldn't. I won't spend my time on this website. I can glean websites and see what they are right up front. None of these are real. None of these are. This is all, this is all, this is a, a masterpiece done by a shill or a group. What if, what if, what a, if it's not, a, though? What, what, what if you do. discredit the whole body of work over that one? But I'm just saying up. this stuff about cracking the code, there is no code to crack. It's just a matter of understanding about that legal name. This is a trap. This is taking you down the wrong path. I'm telling you right now. That's why. I, that's why I prefaced it. Don't don't trust anything. But yeah, they have and a I definitely research would not yourself, trust you know. this. This it sounds good. Some of it sounds good, but that's exactly how traps work. They lure you in. Wow, 100% refund. That sounds like a good deal. No, that's a trap. There is no such thing as a refund to begin with. So th these are. this is a good example. I'm glad you brought it up. This is a trap, people. This is a trap. The, the books, let's see what they've got as far as books. I'll bet you they've got a Re ton of well, I was saying for research purposes, researching is not a trap. 
you know, you discover for yourself. Like yeah, look have, at this. You know? Twenty nine ninety five. You're wasting 29. time. Twenty nine ninety five. Twenty nine. Cracking the code, upholding the law. Was Grandpa really a moron? Uh, I cracked the code. T-shirts, real Americans. T-shirts, rule of law. T-shirts. This is all. I, I, I laugh when I see this stuff. People buy into this BS. This is all BS. It's all BS. This is a trick. This is part of their illusion. This is like them telling us there's no such thing as free energy. There's free energy everywhere. We're just led to believe we got to pay for it. It's free. Uh, host, i got a question for you now, but, but that's what yeah, that's done. Sure. If if you're free and have rights, don't you think it's a trap to get people to file a sole proprietorship? Why do you need to file anything if you're free? Well, what what rights are you talking about? Well, I'm saying if you're if you're not taxable or you owe no tax, why do you what need to rights? file a sole proprietorship? What you said if them? you're free and you have rights, what rights are you talking about? The sole proprietorship that you mentioned. Why would but you need to file anything? That doesn't give rights. What rights are you talking about? Then you mentioned that the sole proprietorship filing would tell them, hey, you have no business. What, what if they already well, have no business? The sole proprietorship is file? the principle. The sole proprietorship is a business. Oh, so you uh, are you coming at the... Uh, when you mentioned the sole proprietorship, are you talking about filing as a business entity or are you talking about the... Uh, Private employee or private worker? Well, I don't know. Have you read the pay? You probably haven't read the paper. What? 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 Uh, the sole proprietorship is just a tax category. So the legal name is a sole proprietor. For your business okay? entity. The legal name is the sole proprietor, right? Not me. And when I file that legal name using the assumed name certificate, I create the assumed business name, which becomes the sole proprietorship. They're the same name, both of which are not me. The sole proprietor was created by the state. They own that name. So if there's a state debt, guess who has to pay it? The state. The state owes it. I don't know it. If they're claiming that there's a debt, they're going to charge themselves. Real easy. So... See, the, the thing is, is if, if you think you're the, a sole proprietor, yeah, there's a problem with that. You're not a sole proprietor. But getting back to the rights thing, you're born with God-given rights. When you misuse that name, you give up those rights in exchange for government privilege, which can be taken away. See, the rights can be given away. They can't be taken away. If it's a right, they can't take it away. So all this crap about, oh, they're taking our rights away. No, they aren't. You're giving them away because you're an idiot because you don't know what you're doing. So this is, this is the bottom line, and I was one of those idiots. We have to stop being idiots. That, that movie, Idiocracy, is, is so true. It's so true. It's like look around and look how ridiculous everything is, and we're contributing to it. And then complaining about it, it's like, you know, if you were laughing and, 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 and having a good time and everything, it'd be one thing. But 
most people aren't laughing and having a good time on April 14th. They're, they're having to write a check and mail it to the IRS. They're not happy. So I laugh, though. I'm laughing. It's like anyone who writes a check to the IRS is an idiot because they're giving a gift and then wanting to bitch about it. If they Now, on the other hand, if they said, you know what, I really enjoy giving money to the IRS. This is what I live for. This is what I, I work for. It's so that I can file that tax return and give them money every year. But, hey, go right ahead. You know, it, not very many people I know are like that, though. You know, most people don't want to pay taxes. They hate filing taxes. They do it because they think they have to. <laughs> so so it's, it's like anything that promotes refunds is a problem right there. And see, that's, that's their hook. 100% refund. So I find this, the titles of these things kind of interesting. Upholding the law. Upholding the law? So who upholds the law? You know, it's like, that's not our job. That's not our job. Our job is to make sure that we don't make ourselves that first and last name. That's our job. And the better we are at that job, the, the better our lives are. That's That's the bottom line. They leave you alone. I'm the perfect example of it. They don't want anything to do. They tell me I scare the hell out of them. I'm like, well, why do I scare you? I, I, I'm not threatening you or anything. It's what I'm telling them that scares them. Not me. It's just what I'm telling them. Just the thought that I'm right is enough to scare them. So it's like, hey, we're they're on thin ice. If it's that easy to scare someone who's, who's been with the IRS. But what the, the last guy I talked to was actually a, a franchise tax board employee. He said he'd been there for 15 years. And, and he, he was getting upset with me towards the end. And I said, listen, you still haven't answered my question. You're tap dancing around. You know, well, I can't, he couldn't even remember the original question. I said, what owns that legal name? I know it's not me. I keep telling you that. And I said, listen, you just admitted that you that the state holds all the original information for, for the birth of that name, that first and last name, which is on that birth certificate, right? So that indicates the state owns that name. And next thing I heard was just music. He put me on hold, and then he came back, and he says, okay, yeah, you're right, so the state owns the name, big deal. We own all the records. Yeah, and all you give me is a copy. So I said, so if there's any debt associated with that name, you own that too. Well, I don't know about that. Well, you didn't sell me the name, did you? If you sold me something and there was debt associated with it, you'd make me liable for it. 
you didn't sell me the name. You gave it to me to use. You just admitted it was your. It's your creation. So, see, they want to have their cake and eat it too, but they know they can't because at that point, he didn't want to talk anymore. But all I had to do was get him to admit to me that the state owns the name. Once he did that, he just cooked his own goose. And prior to that, I don't even know that he knew that. He went and talked to somebody, probably someone in legal counsel, and then came back and says, yeah, the state does own the name. Yeah, we we have all the rights to to the, the birth record. It's in our database. So remember that. That's an important thing. Anything in their database, they they actually own that. So when you register that legal name, you think you own that assumed business name? Uh-uh. No, you don't. You can use it. You can file an assumed name certificate and obtain one using that legal name, but you do not own that business name. You do not own that business. You only act on behalf of it. So, and remember, the wealthiest people in the world will not tell you they own anything. They'll tell you the opposite. I don't own anything. So, I'm I'm a shareholder or I'm a stakeholder but I'm 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 not an owner. The small businessman is the one who says, "Yeah, I'm the owner." And guess what? That's <laughs> that's who pays the most taxes. The ones who say claim to be the owners pay the taxes. You own that name? Yep. Okay, pay. So it, it it's. Some of this is an ego thing, too. You have to step out of that ego and, and understand they're using that as a, as a way of, of getting you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. How dare you tell me that's not my name? That's my name, and that is my property. How dare you take that property? So, see, you associate the name with owning property, which is a good association, but then you screw it up by associating yourself with that name as being that name, when in fact you should be acting on behalf of that name. It's just how you're acting, that's all. Doug, speaking of property, uh, this is George over in Massachusetts. And how do you, how do you go about um, purchasing property? Uh, obviously, if you don't have the cash or have a private financing, everybody wants tax returns for, you know, to prove that you can afford a payment or whatever. Um, and being in the mortgage industry, is there a way for us who are trying to kind of change things for our children and grandchildren? Well, yeah, they call them they call them stated income loans, and they they're they're still out there. Um, you, the the down payments are bigger. FHA is the is the new subprime. They're doing loans now that FHA is doing loans now that they wouldn't have done three years ago. They're they're at the end of their cycle too. 
we're we're about to go. It, it probably wouldn't be a smart time to to buy. Although what's funny is that a friend of mine who's an underwriter was looking to buy. He ran the numbers, and because the rents had gone up so much in the area he's in, he's in Northern California where a lot of those fires occurred. All these people that are out of housing looking for rentals has driven the rental prices up. So now these people, on top of losing their houses, they're paying like three times more in rent than they probably were paying in the house that they used to own that's gone now. So he ended up not buying anything, but he was looking to buy, and he knows that the market's at its peak. And you know what he told me? He goes, yeah, but because they raised his rent. And he said, so here's a, an underwriter who doesn't own a house. And he makes well into the six figures, and he doesn't own a house. Why? Because he's filed bankruptcy three times. He's walked away. He's benefited every single time, though. Here's an underwriter who, who bought low, he pulled cash out all the way up and then defaulted. And he's an underwriter the whole time. So if you understand the system, you can actually use it to your advantage. But even he told me, he says, yeah, he said, the whole thing, what they're doing is they're tweaking the FHA uh, algorithms to allow a certain percentage of loans to be approved so that they can keep it going. So it's just, it's all artificial. It's all fake. The last thing I would be doing is buying any kind of property. But I'm not saying don't buy it. I'm just saying that I don't go, I don't pursue that. But if, if I was going to, what I would do if you can't pay cash, you try to sell it by. But it's, it's hard to do in a strong market. It's got to be in a weak market where, where you don't have a lot of buyers. And you can get the seller to finance that's about the only way that I know other than cash to buy property. Yeah. And then it's a matter of going to the, to the county agency. It's always the county taxing authority and challenging the property tax. That's really easy to do. It's not difficult. I know people that aren't paying property taxes. They don't have any acknowledgement that they've been moved from the, the taxable column to the non-taxable but they're not getting tax bills anymore. So what does that tell you? See, if they're not getting ta a tax bill, they're off the rolls. Well, no, they've been moved to the, the exempt side. Oh, so, okay. Because the county doesn't have any reporting requirements. It's the, the federal government has reporting requirements for... Um, 501c3 uh, corporate entities. So the county is not an enforcement. The county tax collector itself is is not the the um, enforcement agency. If you don't pay your taxes, they send it to a collection agency. <laughs> they let them do it, and it's attorneys. Notice attorneys own collection agencies. They have a monopoly on that. So, so the county will just step aside when you don't 
paid income tax or uh, property tax, they used to sell property tax certificates. Some of them still do, but they're shying away from that. And and I believe the reason has to do with the fact that any kind of transaction like that, if they're involved in that, they can be brought back to the table. See, when you find out, hey, you sold that out from under me, you didn't own it. You thought you owned it. My business still owned it. And you sold that tax certificate, and I'm going to file a claim. My business is going to file a claim. This is where you, where claims come in. When you file a claim against their insurance for selling property that they didn't own, there's no contract. Where's the contract that says that my business that owns this property had to pay this annual fee that you're telling me is a tax? Where's the contract? There is no contract. So you write a letter to the tax collector saying your person's going to be served with a summons and complaint if you insist on threatening me with a with not having paid this tax bill, if it's gotten to that point. So it's all a matter of going to the, 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 the CEO and, and someone, I, I won't mention names, some people, in the beginning, I, I spoke of uh, myself as a CEO. And I've shied away from that. I don't use that term anymore. And Part of the reason is because a CEO is an employee. It's an employee of a, of a corporation. So I am the top executive, but I don't call myself the chief executive officer anymore. A CEO is like a, an employment title. So, so I have two hats I wear. I'm name holder or I'm attorney in fact. That's it when it comes to commerce. Anything outside of that, I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I'm not an employee. I don't work for anybody. Sometimes the business that I control contracts with other persons to do work, but I don't perform the work. So work, see, the, the, the whole concept of us doing work for money is ridiculous. You know, what we're, it's not our money. We're not making it. That business name is just a token they give us in order to earn some of that money that they make. And then we can use it, provided we use it properly and, and pay our fair share of taxes if there is any. If, you, if there is no tax due, hey, they'll be the first to tell you, hey, you're, you're good to go. You're free to go. You don't owe any taxes. And and by the way, we're not going to bother you. Okay. Well, that's the same thing we want in in all aspects of <clears throat> the um, use of that word. If they can't collect money using that word from from you misusing that word, they leave you alone. It's all about money. 
they can't collect money and it's and it's not easy for them, they they will leave you alone. I know it for a fact. It's this, it's it's that way. I think the call. I think it. I don't know if it's still recording or not. Looks like it is. But I, I think we're, we, we've actually been going a long time. And hope, did that answer your question? Yes, uh, that, that was helpful. And I think uh, yeah, I have a lot of things. I've done the, the Minnesota uh, per, for the uh, kind of the same, same as, as others and yourself have done and uh, have a, a company now that I think is the next to just generate more cash to like do the larger down payment and that type of thing, because you know regarding the house. So, and uh, right, we're just like keeping keeping the gloves, you know, keeping the the uh, funds safe is the, is the key. And and uh, and you've uh, you've given yeah, my, great, uh, great education today. Yeah, my background is <clears throat> is primarily in real estate, <clears throat> but I would I would caution anyone from. Um, buying real estate right now just because <laughs> it's 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 blatantly clear what's going to happen <clears throat> it happens every time so if if you buy something just be in a position where it's easy for you to walk away from it <clears throat> don't put a lot of money into it is what i'm saying that's in it, it, the end of the last cycle people were buying houses with nothing down <clears throat> and they were stated income loans. They had no risk. No risk at all. You're coming in, in some cases, they're paying all your clothing costs too. So if you've got no risk, what the heck? Why not? You know, first payment default, you can still stay in there for like six months before they can kick you out. It'll affect your credit, but, you know, if that's your thing, if that you want to do that, but... <clears throat> Fixing credit. One of the things that that I'm 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 going to do in a couple of episodes, and I may do another one on taxation, and and talk a little bit more a little bit more about how to what we were just talking about, getting property out of off the tax roll. You're not going to be able to get it off the tax roll. That APN number is going to remain there, but you can get them to remove. It from the taxable column and put it in the exempt column because that's all that IRS is doing. They're not eliminating that name and that social security number. They're just putting it in the tax exempt column. Saying leave leave them alone, leave them alone. There's too many other other people that they can pick on that are much easier targets than I am. I'm I'm. I'm not, they'd be wasting their time with me. They know that. So that's what you want them to understand, that you're not a threat to them, because I'm not. I'm not a threat to them. What I know may be a threat to them, but I'm certainly not a threat to them. They may perceive I am because I'm telling everyone what I know, but it's what I know that's the threat, not me. So this is just, information I'm giving to people and what you do with it is entirely up to you but if you use it properly it 
is it turns the tables 180 degrees. We use that name to our advantage, only to our advantage. It can never be used against us anymore like it has been. Uh, everything is a 180. If I ever get around to writing a book, that's what it's probably going to be called. Everything's a 180. It's the exact opposite. But you know, what's funny is that I was the only one saying this four or five years ago. And now I'm hearing it a lot on YouTube videos that, talking about the jet fuel hoax. They're saying everything's the opposite of what they're telling us. They're telling us there's fuel in the wings. There's no fuel in the wings. <laughs> it, 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 it's the opposite. When they're telling us that they're, they're fueling the plane, they're not putting fuel in. They're dumping the, the, the waste out of the, out of the laboratories. They're not putting fuel in. The, there's no fuel to put in there. There's no tanks to fill. So what are they doing when they hook up those hoses? They're dumping the, the johns. It only takes them five minutes, and then they're done. They're certainly not fueling it that fast. So I used to fly a lot, and I'd, I'd watch the planes. I'd watch the workers as they work on the planes because I did a lot of flying to Europe, and there were layovers. So I used to think about that, and I used to think a lot about how they can put all the fuel in those wings with the, how thin those wings are, especially the, the Airbus. As big a plane it is, and I'm thinking, damn, those wings aren't very big. And they, they flex when we'd be in turbulence. And I'm thinking, man, if there was a bunch of fuel in there moving up and down, I'm thinking like a swimming pool, it would just rip that wing right off. The wings aren't strong enough. But then I would just, <clears throat> it would just, I'd forget about it, forget about thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, now I'm starting to see these videos where everyone's, that now they're saying, yeah, it runs off compressed air. And once those jet engines get going, they have their own compressor. So that's free energy. All those turbines that are, <clears throat> running in the power plants are running off compressed air. They're not running off of fuel. They're they're making it sound like they do. They do. Then they're charging us. <clears throat> so this is is all about keeping our resources low, so so that we don't have time to figure out what these things that are now being figured out. Too many people with too much time on their hands. And the internet is all that was needed. And see, they got complacent. They got sloppy. And now the whole thing is just unraveling before our eyes. It's like, who, who in their right mind would believe a Tesla Roadster, a regular car, is now supposedly on its way to Mars? Who, who believes that? Are there really people out there? That's what I want to know. <clears throat> Are there really people out there that can go to YouTube and see this video of live, supposedly live video of what is supposedly a roadster, a regular roadster, floating through space 
and is supposedly on its way to Mars. Are you kidding me? It's like they are are right in our face now, just saying, look how stupid you are. You actually believe this too. It it's It's got to be real because it looks fake, is what Elon Musk said. Come on. How long are we going to let this illusion control us? It's, it's, it's real simple, folks. Just stop partake, partaking in it. Stop participating. It's unraveling now anyway. So it's just going to get easier and easier. It's not going to get harder. It's going to get easier. <clears throat> anyway, all right. Are there any more questions? There's nope. tons more questions. Too much for this one call. <laughs> who, who is this? Uh, guest fourteen, Ann from Texas. Okay, Ann. I'll take I'll take one more. Go ahead. Okay, this is silly. I just got married, though. Uh, surname has changed or not changed, depending upon what I want. Um, but uh, all my licenses are uh, by the state are in uh, original name. What right. do you suggest? Well. First of all, your surname never changes. Okay. It's always, it's always your surname. <clears throat> and I talked to Dawn about this, and she said, yeah, I did not change my name when I got married. I didn't change the name when I registered. So surname and given name is different on her assumed name certificate than the first and last name. So <clears throat> now that's only because she did change the name on a marriage license. The marriage license is the contract. So yeah, I didn't change, get that. Yeah, if you change the name on that, <clears throat> then that is the legal name, and that is the name that you would want on the assumed name certificate. Yeah, no, I didn't However, do that. The name holder <clears throat> is the same surname and given name that you have always been. So okay. that doesn't identify you, though. It just tells people where you came from and what you're known as. So okay. that will remain the same. The first and last name could be different. It just depends on some people get married and they don't have a marriage license. Right. So they've never altered anything. Nothing changes. So it's only when you... This is why in, in California, there's the Vital Records Department has four forms in, in their department. The birth certificate or certificate of life birth, the death certificate, the marriage license, and the fictitious business name statement. <laughs> those, four, those four documents are together in uh -huh. Vital Records. And they're trying to tell me that fictitious business name statement has nothing to do. No. Birth certificate. Why? Why is it? Why is it in with those four things? What's the cause? That's, that's common, so telling, isn't it? Yeah. The common denominator is the legal name. They right. all have the legal name somewhere in there. And so mm -hmm. it's it, yeah, it's pretty obvious that. They're saying they're telling us, hey, this fictitious business name is to register this fictitious name 
to let us know that when the product, so they create the product, they give it to us on this thing called a certificate of live birth, and it, it exists as long as a death certificate is an issue. As soon as the death mm-hmm. certificate is issued, it now expires. But in the meantime, how it's used is dependent upon the, the, the man or woman that's using it. Right. So if you if you use it properly, then you don't have to pay any of no those liability. taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no liabilities, right? That's so, and that's so, what I want to learn. Yeah, so when when you're when you're young, it's it's a little easier because you haven't made a lot of the mistakes that that people like me have made. But but then if you know, it all starts with the driver's license and right. the the separating yourself from that. And I know there's people, I'm not telling people to get rid of their driver's license, but I am telling them that is going to create a, that's their nexus. That is going to create problems potentially when you attempt to, because you shouldn't have to explain to them, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. not me, you know? It's like, well, then if it's not you, why the hell do you have that car? Well, when I... When I try a long time ago, you know, when I tried to, to I, I tried to get rid of it. I was like, I don't know how to get rid of it. I had a successful day in court, um, and uh, but then I went down to get the license at a different time because uh, my dad was freaking out that I was driving his car for three years unlicensed, unregistered, and without any insurance. Um, I uh, I tried to sign it by in my name, you know, colon in my name, no. and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me do it. And so they, they sent, I was like, why, why can't I sign that? And so the, they got a, a, a supervising officer in who said, because that's our, hello, they, they got a supervising officer in who said, that's our contract and you don't have to have it. So you got to sign it the way we want you to sign it if you want a driver's license. Right. Interesting, huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how to how to answer that because I'm not sure how you signed it. You said something about a, a colon. Yeah, if you if you sign it any other way other than a first and last name, they they tend to want to give you a hard time. Um, yeah. Uh, when you sign it, though, interestingly enough, when you sign it surname, common given name, they've seen that before, and mm-hmm. I've never had them give me a, a hard time. Only when I put attorney in fact after it or under it did they say, well, what are you doing that for? Okay. And and so, yeah, but, but you're not doing anything wrong by doing that as long as the power of attorney is in play. If it's right. not in play, then you, know, you don't include that. Don't include that. No, I think I yep. did that. I think when I filed my ANC, I did that power of attorney that way also. Okay, so as long as you've done that, see, I was missing for for many years. I'm here. I've got the assumed name certificate. I think I've got it, you know, all all down pat, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I knew something was missing. I didn't know what it was. Now, the with the power of attorney, oh yeah, everything changes. That okay. was, the, in my opinion, anyway. That was the, the, the missing link, the thing that I was missing. And that, Don and Tracy and Jean are the ones that, 
they knew about the power of attorney, I think, before they even knew about the assumed name certificate. So they well, put the two I, together. I think I'm going to have to go back and check. I read your 18 pages and did the assumed name certificate in November of last year. So I'm going to have to go back and check and see if I did the power of attorney. I don't, I think I I don't did. talk about it. I don't talk about it because it was never something that I had even um, thought about before. I knew there was such a thing as a power of attorney, but it didn't occur to me that it was important for me to know because attorneys were, I came originally from the school that, you know, I don't want to be associated with anything involving that word attorney, but it's, but it's, now that's that's changed obviously because attorneys are the ones that created this whole system. They're the ones mm-hmm. playing us. Right. And what, what I found out is now that I know how their game is played, they don't want to play anymore. At least not mm-hmm. with me. Nope. See? So nope. that's what you want. Oh, if you don't mm-hmm. want to play anymore, then why do you keep dragging me in here? Right. You know, you're, you're it's like you're the one doing it. Stop doing it to yourself. So it's turning the tables. Again, we've been doing it to ourselves. Now, if they continue to do that, they're going to get stung. And it's like if they complain, it's going to be, well, you're doing it to yourself. You could just leave me alone. Right. And (laughs) that might make your life a lot easier. And And and, that's all I want. Yeah, and that's all all anyone wants is just – and if enough people understand that it's not a matter of protesting – or violence, or it's just stop partaking in these things, stop doing it, more and more people will do it because it's so easy to stop doing something. There's nothing right. violent about it. And and the more people that they lose, the more customers, in other words, mm-hmm. that they lose, the, the less and less we will see them as a present until they don't yeah. exist anymore. Because their right. existence as, as an entity is all based on us playing uh, along with yeah. their game. Right, it's predicated on us joining in, and that's why I think my daughter's been married now, uh, uh, gosh, going on 10 years, and we didn't do a wedding license for her. I had her husband look into this, and he studied what I knew, and so all we did was um, uh, we signed the guest list and made that the witnesses, and I just filed at the county that said they were married to say, now I realize I didn't even have to do that. So when I'm, we, I got married three weeks ago, we're just going to get a Bible and put our names in it, and that's going to be that. Yeah. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't need the Permission. government's blessing of right. any kind in order At to. All. You don't need anyone's blessing. It, it's like it's, like it's a, a union of a man and a woman, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's what it is. So. It, under under the, the, the spiritual guidance of whatever it is that your beliefs are based on, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. It's not it, it's not a, 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 a governmental act. So so it, yeah. it, it it becomes more obvious when you look at taxation. A lot of people get married because they want benefits, right? Right. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that's that's the worst reason of all to get married. But but you know, <laughs> a lot of people do, and and especially if they're quote unquote illegal aliens, and they want to stay mm-hmm. here. They'll get married as a means to stay here legally. Yeah, that's 
ridiculous reason to get married, but but a lot of people do it. So mm -hmm. so marriage is a business contract. It has nothing oh, yeah. to do with love or emotion. So it's it has to do with business, and and of course it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just complicates things. It's easier to 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 just do it like you said. Absolutely. Well, and, they, and they don't understand they're giving over um, to the state control over their children. Well, yeah, Can yeah. You, the marriage okay. license, mm -hmm. it was explained to me one time this way. It's like a triangle. And at the bottom two points, you got the spouses, husband mm -hmm. and wife, and the top is the government. Right. So there's yeah. a contract between the husband and wife, and then both the individuals have contracts with the state, right. And the state, in turn, has the ability to collect anything from that business partnership because that's all they see it as. It's a business arrangement. They're a mm -hmm. partnership. And, any and the product of it is their children. Exactly. And yep. Yeah. That's, how yep. They, that's how they view it. So Dawn, if Dawn was on here, Dawn, she's found out how to control the way hospitals are – See, these are all things. Her, her daughter is back in the hospital. She had a, some traumatic happen. But the hospital, before they give her anything, they call Dawn and say, hey, you know, someone brought in some chocolate. Is it okay if we give it to her? Mm -hmm. You know, well, what kind of chocolate? What's in it? Well, there's this and this and this. What hospital does that? No hospital. No one. No one. Most most hospitals would say we won't let anyone bring any food in anyway. Right. They're they're going to eat our food, but but no, they not only do they allow other food to be brought in, they check to see if it's okay, if it's on the list. That so all she's done is presented to them documentation that shows that she knows that that little girl. Is is her property? Yeah, she right. Created that little girl. If you create something, that's your it's property. Yours. That's right. It's your yeah. So so the, what we're doing wrong that's giving that those so-called rights. They're not really rights. They're yeah. privileged. And we we did that. We made we we turned the God-given rights that we were born with into government privileges unknowingly. We exchanged right. them. Now we're exchanging them back. We're not doing that anymore. So yeah. you can always correct it. That's all we're doing. We're saying, nope, we're, we're, we don't want those government privileges anymore. Gosh, you know, I, I, was, getting, I was getting slapped left and right. Yeah. Before. And it was because I realized I was doing something wrong. Here, you can have all this stuff back, and I've got this now. So I yeah. don't need... I don't need any of that other stuff. Well, anyway. that's that's where I'd like to be at one day because I've been studying this um, somewhat productively and a lot unproductively since 99. Got off of it for several years and uh, someone gave me your information last year and I was like, okay. And then I, I like the way you're approaching it. I like the way um, you're making it very simple and easy to understand and, and it shouldn't be difficult to understand. No, no, it can't. It can't be difficult. See, this is they. They have to make it easy for us. I've right. heard people. Well, this is this is too simple. You're saying just a piece of paper. Well, it's just a piece of paper that created that name. That's right. right. Of my birth, that's just a piece of paper. 
and, and I didn't create it. They did. So yep. I had to create something called an assumed business name in order to protect the the assets that that name owns. See, I don't right. own anything. This, no, this, and how can you own anything? There should be a, a, a weight lifted off your shoulders when you realize this because all this stuff, why people that accumulate a lot of wealth, they're always worried about losing, about losing that wealth. That. Yep. Yeah. And if, if you don't own anything, you've got nothing to lose. So right. if, if the, just the, the mindset should, should have, give you a, a, a sense uh, of being free because all those things, when you are the owner of those things, you feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm responsible for all those things and, and they're going to want to take them from me. It's like, no, no, no. You, you, if you are the, the, the name holder and an attorney, in fact, they're not going to take those from you. They may try to take it from your business. And you right. do have a fiduciary responsibility, but you can only act in the best interest of that person now. In the past, you were, you were acting not in the best interest of that person because you, didn't, you weren't using it right. Correct. So now that you know how to use it and you can only act in the best interest, then things will just continually get better. Over time, well, it, 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 man, it's, that's where I want to get. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's it's good to hear that. that this is all, the all. There's a lot of people, hopefully, listening or that will listen to this that will understand. There's nothing difficult about this. Anyone, anyone can do it. It's so simple. And it's it so is, nice. After after coming from where we've been, I assume that you probably went through the same things that I went through to get to something that makes perfect sense and it's so easy. Wow, yeah. what a relief. Yeah, when it makes sense, then it's for us. If it doesn't make sense, if it's confusing and everything, that's your it's first clue. Well, that yeah. has nothing to do with me. That's all complicated and stuff. I don't want anything to do with that anyway. Right, I don't have the time. Right, right. Well, thank you okay. so much for doing what you do. You bet, you bet. Well, thank you, everyone, for for um, for joining in. It's uh He's one thirty. We did another long one, but it looks like it's still recording. So I'll I'll get this um, processed and up on the Facebook page and on the cloud um, later this afternoon. And um, thanks thanks again for everyone for the good questions for joining in. I appreciate. We'll we'll do it again too. I appreciate you all being here. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.